Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Sisters of the Leaf, coming to you live once again from, well, all over the fucking place, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Tonight the boys congregate via live video, thanks coronavirus you giant asshole, to discuss the 1996 sci-fi western High Noon on Makeout Planet, also known as Petticoat Planet. Hmm. With two names, it must be doubly good, right? Well, I guess we're just going to have to listen to our favorite crew of drunken numbnuts do their things to find out. And speaking of getting nice and tipsy, as always, the guys are going to be chugging a bunch of carefully selected craft beers while reviewing the short but very sweet Bauhaus cigar from Drew Estate. Space boobs, 9% beers, and a fantastic cigar. How could this show possibly go wrong? Well, it is the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. I mean, well, let's find out together, shall we? I'm sure these lovable boneheads will find a way to screw it all up. So sit back, light them up, and enjoy the show. Let me take one more little sip. My podcasting serum. So here we are again. I mean that in several different ways tonight. Uh, hey, guys. Hey. Hey. You boys are not going to believe the mess I got myself into over the weekend. Okay. Try us out. Try us out. I bet you I do believe it. I bet you do, too. You've seen me in a lot of messes on a lot of weekends. So last Sunday was my youngest daughter's birthday, my little angel. And I made the terrible, mind-numbingly stupid mistake of telling her that I would do whatever she wanted to help make her birthday special. Sounds good. I I felt bad because she's young and because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. uh, She didn't have a a kid birthday last year, and we're still kind of playing it low-key this year. So it's like it was a very small family get-together. Yeah. And she didn't. 
she didn't really know any better, but I could tell, you know, I was like, so you know what, you tell me what you want and daddy will do whatever he can to, to make your day what you want it to be. It's been a rough year for all of us, but especially little kids, you know, they're just yeah, trying to wrap, yeah. wrap their little brain boxes around it. Um, and I figured, given the confines of a little family get-together, whatever she has, it couldn't be that crazy. Uh, and as usual, I was totally fucking wrong. Remember late last year when I told you guys that I was stuck in traffic and I listened to a two-hour Paul McCartney interview with Howard Stern? <laughs> oh, yeah, you were doing the diddly-diddly thing. And I couldn't stop talking like Paul McCartney. And it... For days, I was just talking like Paul. I, was just, I just got entranced by his voice. Yeah, that made for a fun podcast. Ugh. Well, that's a podcast that actually never made on the air. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was around Christmas time. and It was one of our lost episodes. Karma. Somewhere in the archives. Uh, you know, just talking. Talk, you know, just, just a little talking. But, uh, somebody didn't turn on the old audio uh, dialer room, you know. Just turn the dials, man, you know. Just hang out with me chums. All right. It was a pathetic, incredibly bad, entirely obnoxious impression, as my wife and the doctor told me constantly. <laughs> I almost lost. I almost lost my friendship with the doctor over it. Like he'd call me up and he'd be like, "Hey man, what's going on?" I'd be like, "Just noodling, man. You know, just just noodling." And he'd just, be like, he'd "Hang up." He'd hang up the phone. He'd like, "I'm not." To be fair, I I don't like doing impersonations in front of the doctor. He's he's way too hard of a critic. But I couldn't stop. I just couldn't stop for like a week. But I eventually uh, threatened with, you know, divorce or at least a, a long separation and losing one of my oldest friends. I, 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 I like went cold turkey. I got over it. And uh, but the most baffling thing about that whole thing, my daughters loved it. Like they would ask me to talk like Paul McCartney, which doesn't really sound like Paul McCartney all the time. Oh, that's awesome. It was so it, it was so bad. That like we play Barbies, they there was a there's a brunette rival of Ken's Ryan. They renamed Ryan Paul, so when I would play Barbies with them, I'd have to be Ron, I'd have to be Paul, Barbie's new love interest, but I'd have to talk in the Paul McCartney fake voice. <laughs> hey Barbie, you know, just uh, hanging around the dream house, just noodling, man, you know, just plunking away. And, and, and dude, they would just they would eat it up. So it, it was just as it was just as he, but dude, that was months ago. I haven't done it in forever. I finally, they kind of forgot about their kids. They move on. Um, I'd actually forgot about it too, but my little angel hadn't forgot about it at all. So guess what she asked for her big request. She asked that I talk in my horrible Paul McCartney voice for her entire birthday party. <laughs> nice. And I was like, okay, she's going to be busy. She's going to be wrapping presents. Obviously, if she's not around, I'm not, you know, I I talk normal. But there I am sitting uh, next to her Nana on the couch. And my little girl's just staring at me across from the room. So I had no choice. Because, like, forever she's been asking me. I I, like, I don't do that anymore. Like, come on. We're not doing that anymore. But, dude, she's staring. She's standing right not across the room looking at me. So, uh, you know, like. It's her nana, man. She doesn't know what the hell's going on. And all of a sudden, I'm just like, yeah, it's like uh, reminding me of sitting around the old parlor with me mates, man, you know? Just noodling around on the guitar, just searching for some chords, man, you know? Just just noodling, you know? Just looking for some changes. Just, you know, just digging deep, noodling. 
you know, man, just noodling around. Dude, she's my daughter's across the room cracking up, just dying, loving it. You know, Paul's back. And my my wife's mother is looking at me. <laughs> so then everything's normal. She runs off. Everything's fine. I'm outside on the deck having a normal conversation with my daughter's grandpa and her uncle. And once again, I see her standing over there by this pole just looking at me. And I'm just like, fuck it. I, no, granted, I, you know, I had some IPAs. Uh, it, was, it gets a little bit easier, the, <laughs> the social anxiety of, of, of doing this. So I just start firing it up, and I'm just like, you know, boys, I feel like uh, knocking a little bit on the piano, you know, plunking away, just doing a little plonkety-plonk. You know, just just finding some chords, man, you know. When I was a, a wee one, I didn't even know my nose from my toes, man. Real hamhead. It's a real hamhead, just plunking away, plunk-plunk. Dude, these guys are looking at me like I've been overtaken by some like mentally challenged British ghost, And it's like, you know, embodied my spirit. They don't know what the fuck is going on. Number one, we don't have a piano. So that made no sense. Well, I'm not gonna, I don't have anything to go plunkety plunk on. And two, it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And I, I've never called myself a hamhead before. I don't think anybody's ever called themselves a hamhead, but for some reason Paul did. And in that moment I was a hamhead voice. And it went on. I think I did it like a total of like maybe twenty something times, because as the party whittled down, she had less and less to concentrate less, on. Less to do some more, yeah. So it was a long ass day for everyone, and I had to remain completely silent all day on Monday. The next day, uh, to get the paranormal, mentally challenged Paul McCartney out of my system. So I'm still kind of recovering from that. I, th- I think it's over. I don't think he's going to come out tonight. Still trying to do the talkity talk, you know? No, just a little podcast room, you know? Just yeah. a little ding a doo on the dial room, you know? Like I told Ringo, man, just, uh, you know, it's all rose beef after 3 p.m., bro. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, I don't know. How was y'all's weekend? <laughs> because I, I dare anyone, though, to listen to two hours of him talk and not just be like in a Paul McCartney trance. He's got like the most it's like nothing I've ever experienced. And I, and I, I don't, I don't know why his voice has that a power. That's why he's one of the greatest, man. Man. I still think the Beatles are the most overrated band. Shut your time. mouth. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Everybody's entitled their opinions, man. Yeah. Not that one. Uh, welcome everybody to the Tuesday night scar club episode. One thirty six. Is it one thirty six? I think so. It I hope is. I labeled that right. Yeah, it is. Let me say this, just in case I'm wrong. We'll edit it. Welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, episode 137. I know we've done 135, so if we do We are just noodling here, man, you know? Just plunkety-plunk on the podcast the room. Speaking of podcasts, oh, I heard something on the radio yesterday. Look at me all topical and shit. I don't. I didn't do any research on my own. I've been. Well, I just didn't want to do it. It's going to offer like an excuse. No, Why I, start I, now? I just didn't want to do it. But uh, <laughs> speaking of podcasts, um, I was listening to Colin Cowherd. You don't do sports, Yaks. Tut. I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a, a, a sports talk guy on uh, Fox Sport Radio, and he mentioned 
this thing where I guess Joe Rogan, who's one of the biggest names in podcasts, uh, if not the biggest in the country, maybe he recently sold to his show rights and he does a show on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. And after they bought his show, they immediately deleted 20 controversial back episodes of it. And then I guess they didn't announce it or anything. They just kind of got rid of them. And then I guess this week they tried to flush 15 more of his old shows. Oh, wow. Yeah. Down the toilet. And it was this interesting thing where he was talking about, you know, you hired this guy because of his content and he's, 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 you know, uh, controversial and he's not afraid to, to go there and have, you know, talk about certain things. And then what do you do? You, you buy his whole catalog and you get rid of all the interesting stuff. It's like, that's why you hired him. Like you, you, you've already got lame, boring podcasters. You hired this guy cause he brought something to the table and now you're, yeah. Now, don't, I don't know if that's true. No, I don't, I've never listened to Joe Rogan. I don't listen to podcasts. So I, I, the, the times I've seen clips and stuff, I wasn't honestly that it wasn't my, my type of deal. Yeah. It's, um, it's not, not my thing either. But anyway, so I thought that was interesting that they, they bought his show and then immediately started to neuter him and, and get rid of all the, the good bad stuff. Yeah. But then I liked what, uh, Colin Cowherd said. Uh, who also is kind of an abrasive kind of voice in sports radio, but I, I contrarian. I, but I, I always got to kick on. He said, in order to make a successful podcast, in his opinion, you need two things. You need to drink lots of beer while you're recording it and cuss a lot. Check and check. Boom. Yeah. And I was like, well, shit. Maybe we'll get bought out by Spotify. But then they'd have to delete 135 fucking episodes. <laughs> and that one that y'all didn't put out because nobody <laughs> saw it in the first place. Can we, can, we, can we hear more about the Golden Monkey episode? Um, yeah, but I thought that was really cool because he does a he does a podcast on the side, and he was like, the only way that it works is it's unlike here on the on the real radio. He's like, I drink lots of beer and I'm able to cuss. And he's like, that's what makes a good podcast, and you got to have those things. I'm like. Like Tut said, check, check. We got this thing. And I want to announce right here on the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, you've heard it here first, we are not going to sell out to Spotify under any circumstances unless they offer us some money. Absolutely. That is a line we will not cross. I'm not I'm not giving it to them for free. Now, it's not going to be – I don't need much. Uh, but I don't think we're getting much, but, you know. You know, well, not if they're deleting all the – the good shit. Do you think they would? Do you think they would pay us to stop us? <laughs> I'd be open to that conversation. <laughs> Tut actually offered me some money before the show to stop this, <sighs> uh, and I, I told Tut no, and I, I'll tell them no too. Well, again, let's see the check. I was about to say I, I didn't come at you with Spotify money. Uh, well, folks. What we do here every week, in case you're new to the show, uh, we talk our way through a movie that's been expertly paired with a premium cigar. Nothing but premiums here on the show. And a beer. And since we have a tiny little cigar tonight, I'm going to let uh, Yak Boy introduce the beers first. Um, I am going to explain, I have a little bit of explaining to do about the cigar selection tonight. But, uh, Tut and I've already, already been uh, drinking here for a little bit. So, 
Tut, you had a generous, gorgeous head on that beer you poured. So, Yak Boy, could you tell me a little bit about what he's drinking first up? Well, of course, he's drinking one of my favorites. Your favorite beers? One of my favorites, yes. Man, you 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 know your beer. That's a bold statement. That is the Lakewood Temptress. It is an Imperial Milk Stout. Oh, yes. From our good friends at Lakewood Brewing, located in Garland, Texas. Are they our good friends? They're my good friend. I drink enough of their product. Okay. <laughs> it, it looks tasty. And we it certainly have some tasty. we certainly have some temptresses in tonight's movie. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, the the lake the temptress is a is a powerhouse nine point one percent. I don't know where that got the one point one percent, but you know, hey, yeah. I think nine would be good enough. Yeah. But sure. uh, uh, and it still has a little bit. They say it has about fifty fifty five IBUs. So there's a little bit of bitterness, but not. It doesn't. To me, I mean, it's not really something that you can really pick up on in comparison to everything else. No. But as a as a as a a milk stout and being an imperial milk stout, very chocolatey. Uh, you know, not not much on the coffee, but uh, you know, a lot of the sweetness from that from the milk stout. Get uh, a like lot of a, the sweetness, yeah. Uh, caramel flavors, things like that. Uh, and of course, it is very creamy. I mean, that's one of the number one things I really like about it. Creamy and it's and, heavy. Nice on this it, cold night. And we're not without, you know, having done other Lakewood beers. I mean, I did here just recently. Uh, it was a variation on the Temptress. It was their French toast. I almost, I almost went to it today. But we also many, many moons ago. Uh, the good doctor did uh, had a uh, one episode one thirty two. He did the uh, please and thank you lager from Lakewood. That was when we did the uh, the hot That's cakes. That's a polite beer. I remember that one. So he gave it. You know, it's it was just a, a very solid lager. So he enjoyed that. Todd, I'm judging by your face whenever you take a sip that you're enjoying it. Oh yeah, yeah, I like it. It's uh, of course you know me. I love stouts, and it's a uh, it's a nice one. Yaks pretty much hit it on the head. It's that cream style that I really really like. You'd never had it before. I don't think I have. No. And I completely recommend if you can find it on tap, get it on draft because I could I could yeah I could see it that. makes it that much better. Okay. Well, I it sounds like the exact opposite of what I'm drinking. Yax, my first beer up tonight is uh, the Moonwalk Brute IPA. Little Spaceman on it. Little Spaceman. Little Spaceman. Uh, about this Moonwalk, brute? of course, made by Real Ale. Our friend, our, our very good, who we love their Hans Pills. Yeah, did you see they changed the Hans Pills cans? What? Yes. They got a different dog on it, and they put like a crest of some sort, like a. Hey, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't care for the new can at all. Now you got to keep it simple. Of course, I mean uh, real ale. I mean we're uh, big fans. We've that was one of the first beers we uh, did on the podcast. Was back way back in episode sixteen, Devil's oh, yeah. Backbone. Oh, the Devil's Backbone. Uh, and then we did Hans Pills on the guest, I think. Yes. 
And Tut, you love their in, aren't you a fan of their fireman beer? Uh yeah, yeah, it's not bad. The Fireman's War or whatever? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bond. Yeah, it's very good. My significant other really enjoys that one. I, I just knew you always had it in your fridge. Yeah, that's that's her beer. Okay. Now, the, now the Moonwalk, of course, uh, stats come in. It's at 6% ABV and about 40 IBUs. Now, <laughs> higher? Ooh, crank it up. They yeah, sold it. It's the rare underselling of uh, bitterness in a beer, which we always are surprised and welcoming of. Yeah, man, this thing has got some bite. Um, well, first of all, it's delicious. The aroma is just pure citrus, um, mainly orange, with a little bit of lemon. Uh, but there's no lemon uh, on the, you know, I hate lemon beers. That Klugenflugel or whatever the fuck it was we drank was horse piss. Um, oh, the Leinenkugel. I got yeah. Leinenkugel. Yeah. <laughs> the Kegel exercises IPA that we drink. Now they strengthen your floor, man. I I found the flavor profile a little loose, man. You know, <laughs> just noodling, just noodling around. Okay. And, He's never going to that, right? Uh, nobody, nobody's noodling around with any Kegel stuff. <laughs> God. There goes our Spotify deal. <laughs> uh, I think I'm no, going to do some Kegels right now. All right, continue, Jax. I can't do the show if I think he's over there doing Kegel exercises. I'm not. Can't I was talking it. about Tut. <laughs> you're, you're doing no. them too? What? No, of course not. If I hear those, if I hear those ball bearings drop, I'm walking. <laughs> no, what I was saying was the orange and the lemon that you get so much on the – on the aroma, um, you don't get any of that on the sip. It's just a, a very kind of straightforward. There's some maltiness there. Yeah. But man, there's a just a really nice sharp uh, hot bitterness on the back end that I I look for so much and I don't find a lot. I can't believe they're listing the IBUs that uh, that low. What is a brute IPA? Is it like brute champagne or? Well, that. They- Kind of use it in that instance, and I mean, what they say is, you know, you'll get a very pale straw color in the beer, yeah. As well as you will get, you know, citrus, um, and then they'll they they gave like some wine notes to it, champagne notes. Like you'll get like a, a, some grape notes, not in all of them. I mean, as it is the style for that beer. They, I mean, I even looked up some thing where they said like you'll get like gooseberries, which I'm not sure. Oh, you get some gooseberries in there. Gooseberries. Yeah, just, uh, go down to the uh, Papa Smurfs mushroom, man. Eat some gooseberries. The Gargamel and the Azrael, man. Just plunkety plunk. Yeah. Smurfettes sitting over there with a the mandolin, you know. We're just looking for notes, looking for chords. You know. Brainy Smurf came over with a tambourine, man. Just, just, just noodling. I don't, again, I know it sounds nothing like Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> so just YouTubers be gentle. Um, I do Kegel exercises on you. Uh, it is really, really delicious. I, I'm, I'm a little worried. I'll be honest. I'm glad I got two beers. I'm a little worried. I'm glad we're smoking traditionally from this line what has been a ballsy cigar because it's going to have to be to uh, stand toe to toe with the hops I'm getting off this beer. So we'll see. If not, <laughs> I have an Imperial IPA I can switch over to. And <laughs> it'll be much better. But they usually oversell their hops. Uh, I don't know. We'll make sense of it somehow. Uh, all right. 
So I'm doing the moonwalk. Tut's doing the temptress. And Yagboy, you're going to outshine us all with your parents. Oh, and by the way, my moonwalk, of course, with the astronaut on it. Our movie in tonight, one, we get a lot of shots of the moon. It's like a third of the running time is oh, shots God. of the sun and the moon. And it's also about an astronaut who, uh, well, a spaceman who plummets to a planet. Anyway, my second beer ties in as well. I get extra points for two beers. Yakboy, show us how it's done, man. What are you drinking? Well, as I, as I was trying to find something, and I was like, you know, after watching the movie many times, science. It was for science. He's like, what, what do you do with that? How do you do it? What, what, what would you do with that? I couldn't figure. I was like, you know, like you, I was like, I'm going to go space theme. Old West. Old West. I mean, there are beers. Go both ways with that. And I was like, oh, but it's like, titties. Oh. It's like, well, if you got titties, you can't just have one titty. You have two titties. Mm-hmm. So you would have to have, say, dual exposure. It is a collaboration uh, double IPA. All right. <laughs> double IPA, all right. Double IPA <laughs> from our from our wonderful brewery of Stone Brewing. Oh, okay. Like Stone. There you go. They got, they got and there. another San Diego brewer, Ale Smith. Okay. Yeah. So it is, as I said, is a double IPA, and it's a little bit rocking on the stats. Eight point two percent. Now, this one also comes in at 60 IBUs, and I would put that one spot on. Yeah, Stone doesn't feel like As it is the, as, as a collaboration beer with them, they did uh, a mixture of hibiscus, orange and lime peel, and then you've got Citra, Strata, uh, Amarillo, HBC 592 hops. Oh, the 592. Oh, shit. HBC 592. When was the last time you had a beer with that? Digging deep they are. Yeah. So. I'm it's, liking it. It's good, yeah. Not too bitter? It's good. I mean, and you can tell it's got a it's got a more of a, a reddish pink yeah. tint to it from that hibiscus, so. We did a hibiscus beer, didn't we? Uh, I think so. I think we did. Was it the – oh, no, that was a persimmon beer. No, no, there was a hot, there was a, was there uh, high biscuit? I want to say that it was. We did the Barrows persimmon beer, but you're right. I, I, I'm pretty sure we did do a hibiscus beer. That's uh, a distinct taste, isn't it, Yax? It is. Now this one, that's not their primary focus was making it. They just use it as part of the background. There is still that little bit of sweetness. You can definitely tell that there is a floral component. And that it's leaning towards that specific. You can tell. I mean, from what I remember from that hibiscus beer, this one has a little bit of that in it. But it's getting – it's not – like I said, it's not the main focus here. So I'm like um, – so It sounds like you got a lot of flavors going on, though. It would be interesting to see how that – out of all the beers, it sounds like yours, yours is the most complex. We'll see how that goes with the cigar. Um, I'm really wishing I had picked up some of that Temptress right now. That, uh, that's, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna guess at the end of the night, Tut hit a home run with this pairing, but we'll see. Oh, I can already it, tell you right now, it's a home it, run. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, it's gonna be good with the cigar. I always look for temptress every time I go out. Any place that I go to that would possibly carry it, I look and in this area, there's been nothing. 
it tempts you in. It does. It really does. Uh, Cedar Park, the boutique bottle. It is there in four packs. <laughs> but maybe next time you're there, you could pick up a couple six packs for your album. Maybe. He looked at me really weird when he saw me with the ponytail. He was like, hey, welcome. Welcome. It's grown, Yak, since we saw it. It's still growing. I don't know. Next yeah. time he's going to put in a fan just so it keeps flowing in the oh, wind. Oh, that'd be awesome. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just flowing. It's just flowing back there, you know? Like a little beaver tail. Just plunk it plunk. Well, that leaves our second uh, item under the TNCC microscope tonight. It is this little guy. The Say Bauhaus. It right. Say it right. The Bauhaus. The Bauhaus. Yeah, good job. The Bauhaus by Drew Estate. Oh, good. It is a four and a half by 50 short Robusto. Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper. Oh, man, we've seen the intense <sighs> characters that uh, make this wrapper leaf available to us out in Connecticut. You love this shit. <laughs> We're working our ass off so we can give you the shit you love. Love that guy. Uh, a Brazilian binder and fillers from Honduras and Nicaragua. I will save the uh, MSRP for last, as always. Let me give you a little bit of backstory before we light up. The Liga Privada Bauhaus is a European exclusive release, beginning with first Germany, then the Netherlands, and then it'll grow and grow. The Drew Estate says this about the Bauhaus pays extra attention to leaf placement within the cigar, intentionally designed to take our European aficionados through a newly curated experience. And that extra attention to leaf placement, boys, makes sense when you consider that the basic tenet of the Bauhaus architectural movement is that every object must have a purpose in the design. That's kind of the Yaks, we know a lot about architecture and, and that, you know, design and whatnot. That, that is the, the principal theory behind uh, Bauhaus is that everything has to serve a function, which if you're going to make a cigar where leaf placement is put above, you know, the pecking order of importance, that makes sense. It's a good, the name works out good for the cigar. And it's also a really badass band from the 80s. Uh, they, one of my favorite songs, Bella Lugosi's Dead, they did, uh, I think Peter Murphy, the lead singer. Um, check them out as well. Or don't. I don't it doesn't matter. Um, so your next question. And then we will light up. How Cade? We've been watching your show for 135 episodes now. This is 136, maybe. How does the Liga Pravada Bauhaus tie into tonight's film? High Noon on Makeout Planet, a.k.a. Petticoat Planet. Well, honestly, it doesn't. Uh, for, for what I can remember the first time in years, this cigar does not tie in at all with tonight's movie. I think it's the first time ever. We were going to pair this steamy movie with the very steamy Wonderlust cigar from the boys over at Romacraft. But earlier this week, we filmed this show in the middle of the week. Earlier this week, just a few days ago, uh, Romo's, Romocraft's Skip Martin, uh, posted a rant on social media 
where he said this about those who do what we do here at the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Quote, I've decided that there's almost nothing more painful to listen to than a person describing at length and in excruciating detail what they are tasting or have tasted while smoking a cigar. I honestly can't believe there's anyone left in this world that thinks this is a useful, that thinks that this is useful or entertaining, end quote. So look, I don't want to get into it. Someone's personal Facebook page is their page to say whatever they want as they see fit. But that's what he wrote on his personal page. It's his opinion. I'm not interested in delving into it anymore. Teach their own. But it did, I think you guys will agree, understandably feel very weird then to fire up the microphones and give Aroma Cigar any airtime this week. <laughs> and describe what we're tasting? And describe what we're tasting, which according to that cigar's uh, manufacturer, you'd have to be... No matter, we could have really just did a really short episode. What are you tasting? I'm tasting nothing. Absolutely nothing. Well, look, you know, this isn't the first time he's, he's kind of poked the hornet's nest of, of cigar reviewers. Um, and that's fine. Like I said, you can say whatever you want. I don't care. Um by me, by no means does our bounce and wonderlust off the show tonight uh, mean that we won't feature a Romacraft cigar again. By no I means, hope not, because that boy makes some good cigars. Sure he does. By no means does that mean we don't still consider Mike and Skip uh, friends. I I sure do. I love hanging out with them. I love every you time. Fuck we get this to up for me, Cade. If you fuck this up, I won't. I know you two are still planning to be there for Weasel Fest <laughs> in a few months. I go down great. there and, and party uh, with those guys. It just means that it would have felt very odd to smoke a Wonderlust tonight. So I called an audible and picked something out of the humidor that was sexy as hell and just begging us with its smoky bedroom eyes to light it on fire, stick it in our mouths, and talk about it for three hours. And that is when the Bauhaus spoke to me. And we are going to speak about it tonight in excruciating detail, I might add, just like y'all folks at home like listening to well. We're going to tell you every nuance, every flavor for three fucking hours, and you're going to lap it up. It's it's going to suck when the axe and I go down to, to Weasel Fest HQ and I get shanked by Scarface. This is for my boy Skip. <laughs> oh, come on, Scarface. No, no I, I purposely I, – I, I didn't purposely say anything bad. I don't want to – like I said, I don't want to get into it. It's just somebody's opinion. It, doesn't, it means nothing to me. I don't feel like I need to defend what we do because it's what we do and, you know, plenty of people enjoy well, it. Well, I'll give Skip a little bit of a hard time. It's hard to be critical about people describing what they taste like when your hashtag is testosterone. No, you just yeah, kind of like, why that hashtag? Apparently it, it tastes like something. It's a hashtag. What does it taste like? Taste. Oh, it tastes like tobacco. It tastes All like right. tobacco. There's good and bad tobacco, and that's the end of it. Don't what you is, dare say anything. What, you is dare say taste, another, what does bad tobacco taste like? Don't you dare say another sentence. Right. It tastes good or bad, and that's it. <laughs> All right. Hashtag testosterone. Well, it remains to be seen if we're going to get any. By the way, would you please let the uh, that that grand version of the Becca release on the market? I heard that you were the grand Oh yes, please. 
Yeah, you were you were gonna actually hook me up with one of your grandpa pectos from your weasel fest. Box. Oh no no no! I was giving you the wonderlust, but then I smoked that. And I was like, no, dude, you go. You're like, okay. Like I didn't finish my sentence. I was like, okay, I guess that. All right. I have to, I have to taste it again, but I think that Grand Perfecto is probably one of my top two cigars right now. I love that thing. Uh, the Baca. Yeah, that the, Baca. And, Baca. It's, and I'm not a I'm not a fan of the Baca and the other Vitolas, but that Grand Perfecto version is perfecto. Now, that said. I'm really interested to revisit this bad boy because I remember having it before. I get, I've had I, a wonderful experience before. I, I did, I did as a cautionary move, which I'm sure proved to be uh, fortuitous. You have, I've given you show cigars before, very rarely, but sometimes, and you'll admit to me, like in a shameful text, I smoked it ahead of the show, like I couldn't help myself, like I chained myself to the mattress. I, I told my wife, you know, don't unlock the door. But one night at midnight, Tut Tuss and his ponytail burst out of the room naked, grabbed, went to his humidor, grabbed Steve Saka's roulette blue and went outside to smoke the shit out of it. So I, I had to find another one. I went ahead and gave Tut two of these because I know, like me, he's an old school diehard Liga Pravada fan. All things of the Unico series, Liga Pravada. If if it's it's just in our wheelhouse, and I knew it would kill him, so I gave him two. Go ahead and say, what did you think of the the first one he smoked? I loved it, uh, and I really wanted to see because uh, this will be giving the my love for the Grand Perfecto a run for its money tonight, uh, and I want to see how it stacks up because I remember it fondly. Off the cold draw, we're good. I mean, first of all, the smell of the wrapper alone smells like barnyard heaven. I mean, it is just beautiful, like a hay hayfield come alive. Uh, the the cold draw coming off, and I even got the the terminology correct this time. The you cold, didn't call it a, a, a pre light, the dry uh, inhale or something. <laughs> a pre light dry inhale. Oh man, that cold draw it's got it's got a little bit of chocolate there. There's some sweetness as well. Uh, yeah, I just I love I, hanging on to this thing. It's an oily. I mean, just feeling it's, it's it's that you know that oily oily broadleaf. Uh, to me, it's got that strong earthy aroma. Uh, I, I'm getting everything Tut said. Although I am getting uh, man, when you sniff the foot of the cigar, just that that rich, juicy sweetness. Um, and there's a little bit of that on the on the what do you call it the dry cold inhale? Yeah, the dry cold inhale. There's a little bit of sweetness there too. I'm, I'm not yeah. getting your chocolate, but I am. Uh, the, the chocolate, I'm uh, that's prevalent. I can even smell that on the foot. Is Yagboy uh, just a piss skip off? Is it more of a Cocoa Pebbles chocolate, or are we more into like a Nestle, Nestle's or Cocoa Nibs? What about is it Cocoa Nibs? Cocoa or it's some some little, a touch of Cocoa Nibs, maybe some Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> cuckoo for that. I think we're all co cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, well, let's light these up. And speaking of cigars, y'all know who makes some really flavorful ones? Tut? Who's that? Drew Estate. I'm talking cigars chock full of rich, exotic flavors. <laughs> like dark chocolate, Madagascar vanilla, split grain leather, cashews, refined oak, sourdough, a plethora of delicious spices such as crisp Malabar black pepper, 
Ooh, and delightful, and delightful nutmeg. Of course, I'm talking about Drew Estate. That's right. Our good friends have created one of their most flavorful, flavorful offerings in their vast portfolio, and it is the Herrera Esteli Miami, crafted by Level Nine Cuban Rollers at the famed El Titan de Bronze on Calle Ocho. The Herrera Steli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish. Yeah, boy, lavish or lavish? Lavish. Lavish. Ecuadorian Habano. I've been saying that wrong for four years. Uh, lavish. Ecuadorian Habano. Oscuro, oh, God, you were serious for four years. <laughs> Sorry. You thought I was just being a smartass? <laughs> uh, over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Steli Miami features rich black and gold packaging and is available in five sizes. This tasty cigar is now available at Drew Diplomat retailers everywhere, so go get you some. And I'd also like to take a moment to talk about something very cool, Cigar World. Ted, I thought you were going to come up with a little tune for Cigar World. No? I have to work on it. Okay. Because I don't want to go with Cigar World or... Well, it'll, work. it'll work for tonight. I think there was something there. I'm not going right. to... Hey, just noodle around, man. You know? <laughs> I'm just searching for some chords, man. Just search for the chords, man. You know, just noodle them. Just, you know, I look over at Ringo. He's just doing the plonkity plonk. You know, just plonking away. You know, plonk, plonk, plonk. All right. Once again, I'm sad to report, Cigar World is not a glorious tobacco-themed amusement park for adults. It's actually something much better. Cigar World is an online smoke an online site exclusively for cigar smokers. There you can get cigar news, reviews, and a whole lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab. You can sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys and testing cigars. Check it out at cigarworld.com forward slash testing lab. Cigar World! Cigar World! (laughs) Again, it's not bad. Yeah, just keep plonking, man. Yeah, just keep uh, Just keep moving, man. That sounded a little bit close to Wayne's world, but, you know. Yeah. I yeah. to, should probably back off of that a little bit. Yeah, I look over at John. I was saying he's doing a B shop. I'm like, Whoa, yeah. I know. I look over at Yaks, and Yaks, you know, hippity-hip on the skins, man. Yeah, Yaks jumps on the skins. All of a sudden, he's doing a hi-hat and a C-note, you know. It's crazy, man. Again, I know my Paul McCartney sounds Jamaican. <laughs> no. I don't know what's going on. Uh, first impressions, guys, upon lighting up. Uh, hit me with a little pepper and nice right off the bat. Uh, also has has a little bit of a, a little bit of that pepper feel on the back of your throat after a, just just I guess mouth feel for lack of a better word. Um, you know how some cigars they'll kind of like dry your palate out to where everything kind of it's got that dry kind of toast deal. This is like leaving a little bit of a, a little bit of spice there, a little bit of, a little bit of pepper on the back, not like. Drown you in pepper, but nice little little pepperoni note there. Boy, that uh, pepper that pepper is kicking on the initial through the nose. Yes, Woo. very much. Uh, in behind mm. that pepper, you have just a hint of leather, uh, but that's where I am on just the. I mean, we just barely lit this thing up. That's almost right off the initial blast. Uh, yeah, I just lit up, so I'm, I'm going to uh, refrain here for a minute. Well, boys, man. You weren't uh, lying about that leather. That is a flavor that I'm detecting in this cigar. 
Uh, I don't know if it's Indiana Jones saddlebag leather. I don't know if it's the bullwhip. I don't know if it's, it's the, the bullwhip. Bull whip, but the not the first half of the bullwhip. It's the second half of the bullwhip. It's the tip of the bullwhip the chick oh. uses in this movie tonight, leather. Don't, don't slouch on the tip. No, not a lot of slouching in this movie. The tip is it. Um, new t-shirts? Tuesday Night Cigar Club. The tip is everything. Uh, Too accurate. Too accurate. No, I meant when we do live shows, people tip us. Oh, okay. Get your head out of the gutter. Don't neglect the tip on that dry inhale. The pepper. The dry inhale. The pepper has uh, mellowed out through the nose, uh, which, man, I wish it didn't because that was actually battling that. Battling the leather? That bitter IP. No, the bitter IP. IP. Man, that no that uh, dry nose inhale pepper was really combating the uh, that hoppiness. But you know what, the beer is actually still going well. But man, earth and that that really bold leather coming through here, dude, it's smoking like a Liga Pravada, which uh, it really is. That's why. Uh, well, I should I should be more specific. Like a the the dark side of Liga Pravada, not not a T fifty two, not a this yeah. is this is definitely from the family of nines and feral pigs. Uh, I have to say the beer pairing fails. Uh, it is too strong for the cigar. Uh, that that undernote of leather that that comes in there. Yeah. Uh, the moment it's got a, a, that undernote of leather, and then like I said, you've got a little bit of pepper and mineral uh, that's coating the mouth. You take a swig of that temptress, and she says, uh-uh, I second fiddle to nobody. And she just washes all of that away. It's, it's, but, it's a, but it's a creamy swallow when you uh, wash it away. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic beer, and I love the beer going into it, but I don't like the pairing because I want something that either melds with this bad boy or, or lets it shine, and this is kind of – this is kind of overpowering it. Was it cool to say flavors and beers? Or flavors and wine? I mean... Well, yeah, I, mean, I think that was his point, is that unless you're talking food, shut up about your flavors. Okay. Well, I am getting leather, that pepper is still present, earth, and... Taste in spinach is okay. Taste in arugula, okay. Taste and leaves you eat, okay. Taste and leaves you smoke, not okay. Okay. Again, I go through life assuming most other people are smarter than me, and that's gotten me to where I am. So I'm just going to keep on keep on chugling, brothers. Uh, I'll get back to the cigar. If you get anything uh, like Wowzers, because uh, it's a short cigar, if something hits you new, other than the the earth and the leather and the pepper, uh, boy, as it's a Liga, so man, the smoke production pulling off this thing is gorgeous. Oh yeah, and aesthetics are important to me when smoking a cigar. I love to see that sexy as smoke travels slowly up from the foot to the head where they meet right around yeah. the band, and then just explode into a gorgeous gray fire in the sky. I mean, it's just a wonderful construction. I mean, 
It's reminding me of my wedding, and that's that's harkening back to the old League of Nine cigars, and I you I I can't ask for a better cigar than that. Uh, you did have a box of Ligas on the table, and they did get smoked. Oh, everybody enjoyed the hell out of them. Uh, I'm actually yaks just. As the beer scientist I am, I am going to shift beer just uh, in a minute uh, once I get things rolling with the film. Uh, I just, the cigar's so short, I want to make sure I'm drinking the right beer for the for the majority of it. Um, we so don't you'll have to talk about IPA the film. We can just your... talk about the cigar. Yeah, we could, but that's not what we do, Todd. Behave yourself. All right, folks, uh, real quick, um, I did shift beers because it's a short cigar. I want to make sure I've, I've got the best pairing possible. Yak Boy, can you introduce my second beer? Which A Spindle Tap. Spindle Tap Sticky Fingers. <laughs> yeah, that one fits in with this movie. <laughs> the, uh, the Sticky Fingers, uh, it is a double IPA. You shifted gears from an IPA to an IPA. Good call. Uh, the spin, the sticky fingers is, uh, stats come in at 8%. And I, they had no listing. I couldn't find anything for an IBU. Is there anything on the can? Looks like banana pudding in a glass. Yeah, it's, uh, no, there's nothing on the can actually. Okay. So I don't know. I, I couldn't. You're going to have to judge the IBUs for yourself. Oh, eight, 8.2, but yeah, no IBUs. Um, okay. I haven't taken a sip. Let me, uh, the the aroma is very melon heavy. A lot of cantaloupe, and it okay. kind of looks. It kind of looks like I put a cantaloupe in a blender. Yeah. They basically said they use exclusively the Simcoe and Citra hops. So. Oh yeah. The, we'll see how pair. This is this is very uh, melon citrus heavy. Uh, it's very cloudy. It's a beautiful pour IPA, but. Uh, this this might be a whole range of flavors that uh, I don't know. We'll see, but uh, I'll report back. It's time we talk our third component of every episode. Dude, I'm so proud of last week's show. I thought if you asked me a newcomer to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club, what show should I watch? Like out of 136 shows, what show or 135 at that point? Give me one show I should watch to let me know what you guys are about and what you guys do and do well. I was like, this is the show. I'm sure we've done some other ones that have just, I drink so much I forget about how great they were. But last week's show, Destination Wedding, was so out of our wheelhouse, but it worked. We had great discussion. Uh, Loved we had, it. We had a perfect cigar pairing that tied into the film. We drank some interesting beers. I just walked away from that show like re-energized, like fucking a man. TNCC is just as strong, if not stronger, in 2021 as we were the day we started. How could I possibly fuck this up? And that brings us to tonight's movie. God, it's got two titles. This movie is so so out there. It's got two titles, and we watched. And we didn't all watch the same version. I did. I actually went back and watched the... Oh, I I was like, dude, I caught Tuttle too late when I realized there was two versions. I was like, I already watched the other one. And I was like, oh, that's fine. That, that, that'll make it interesting. We can compare and contrast uh, what we saw. But I was like, a part of me was like, dude, 
I'm going to be so proud of that motherfucker if he goes back and watches the other version. You did. Yes. Fucking yes. am proud. I'm so proud of you, Ty. I'm not. I actually, I kind of wish you didn't because I wanted to like talk about stuff and you'd be like, that wasn't in my version. Like I wanted to know the differences. Now you're probably dude. I like, knew I knew what the differences were when I was watching the first one. I knew what the differences were going to be. Well, as we go through the film, please tell us what what I watched the the longer version. If I talk about something, you'd be, I want you to jump in like that wasn't in my version. Okay? Oh, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll definitely do that. <laughs> All right, I think we built this up. Uh, the the title I will refer to because that's the version um, Yak Boy and myself watched. High Noon on Makeout Planet, a.k.a. Petticoat Planet. That's the version that Tut originally watched. Both. No, Petticoat Planet is the full version. High Noon yeah. is the short yes, version. Cor- correct. I'm, I'm sorry. I just like the name High Noon at Makeout Planet it's a, a lot it's better. A better. It's a better name. It's, I don't know why they didn't go with that name because I'm like – because both versions, I say I only watched the Petticoat, but you know, I saw the – I was like – well, here's how That's I discovered. The, here's how I discovered there was two versions. I saw the trailer on Amazon Prime as High Noon at Makeout Planet. Put it in my watch list. I'm like, this could be fun, but I couldn't find it on IMDb. It wasn't. It was nowhere to be found. I wonder why. So I picked out an actor from uh, High Noon at Makeout Planet. Looked at his, and all of a sudden I see the same year Petticoat Planet. And sure enough, that's the movie. And it had another Amazon link. And I'm like, wait, that's a dollar ninety nine to rent. High Noon and Makeout Planet was five ninety nine. So Tut, you spent eight bucks on these two movies. Yax and I only spent two bucks. I hate this show. <laughs> Wait, the show like the movie or the show us? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so be aware, folks at home. There are two. Terrible. There are two different versions of the film streaming on Amazon. Uh, I want to get the cheap version. <laughs> High Noon at Makeout Planet is 54 minutes long for $5.99, and a version that's 20 minutes longer, billed as Petticoat Planet, Petticoat Planet is $1.99. So it'll be interesting as we go to see the, the two cuts of the movie, the differences as we go along. Look at me being all analytical with this shit, like it's like we're talking about Apocalypse Now or Spartacus. Just stop. <laughs> Just stop. Hey, all but it all is- the gravitas that we built up last hey. week. All the, all the mutzfer, putzfer, whatever you call it. Shutzpah. Yeah, all that stuff that we built up. Trashed. I don't know how much shutzpah we built up. (laughs) But anyway, that's what we do here in the Corno Hope. And let those other eggheads talk about Spartacus and Apocalypse Now. We're talking about High Noon on Makeout Planet, goddammit. The film is written... We're be talking about Spartacus? Yeah, we're not doing Spartacus. I'm out of here. Cody just joined those eggheads. <laughs> Cody, take me with you. Take me with you. <laughs> Too late. Hey, real quick, as I uh, because we're a, a, a smooth-running machine here, as, as I take a, a picture of the cigar, are you guys getting anything of note different from what we're getting? It's a short cigar, so i got to check in frequently. Yeah, I'm getting an he- introduction to heavy mineral, uh, almost like a, or like a mineral oil type thing. On the draw? Uh, yeah, on the, on the palate. Dark oily, perhaps. Some dark oily perhaps. shit there. Uh, it is an oily cigar. Oily 
It's just a stack uh, of dimes. Also, also a bit of a cedar on the uh, on the retro. This thing does not want to break. I literally have tapped it twice, and it has not fallen apart. Mine went out just because I was talking so much. Uh, you're getting cedar on the retro, Hilton? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Uh, what? Well, yeah, that that pepper is is maintaining medium territory on the retro hail, and there is a a, a, right a little wood little right there on the top of there. it. Yeah, no, brother. The film is written by prolific screenwriter Matthew Jason Walsh, who recently cranked out some Lifetime Network movies such as The Wrong Student, The Wrong Child, and The Wrong Roommate. I'm halfway through my Lifetime movie spec, The Wrong IPA. Oh, dude. Uh, I love any any topic that talks about Lifetime where the movies are the wrong insert here. Well, then you're going to love the pedigree in this film. He also wrote back in 1996, the same year as tonight's film was released, a movie called Bikini Goddesses that we have to get our hands on. It's not streaming now, but we got to get our hands on this thing at some point. The movie that is, not the Bikini Goddesses. Well, I guess Yaks, Yaks, Bikini Goddesses. Yaks, you're a single swinger out there. You you can grab those Bikini Goddesses. Tut and I. Check out the synopsis to Bikini Goddesses. An American teenager shipped off to spend the summer with his dad, a Greek resort manager, happens upon an ancient ruin where three sensual demigoddesses have been imprisoned for the last few millennia. He speaks the magic words, returning them to life as delectable bikini-clad beauties who can't get enough of fun in the sun and his bed. Oh, we got to see that. Like after, it. after we do a really serious, uh, thought-provoking movie, of course. <laughs> Apocalypse Now. We're going to actually be doing Apocalypse sometime. We'll get to Apocalypse when when we can. Oh, and tonight's movie had a director, too. Imagine that. David, I hope I'm saying this right. I think I've, I, I've said it wrong before. Dakota? Uh, but he, it doesn't matter. He's billed on this movie as Ellen Cabot. That's the. the <laughs> I'm just going to call him Ellen. Always good when the director wants to take on a pseudonym. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Now, if you remember, I'm going to take you way back to February 2018. On episode 66, we featured A Tale of Two Quarries. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which was written by a dude named Peter Sullivan. And we were in awe that he had written 12 wrong movies for Lifetime. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 12 of them. And we just couldn't believe a guy directed 12 wrong movies. Well, get this. Tonight's film director, David Dakota, or Ellen Cabot, he's directed, wait for it, 22 wrong movies for Lifetime. Ugh. 22. Five of which are going to be released this year. The Wrong Valentine, The Wrong Prince Charming, The Wrong Mr. Right, The Wrong Fiance, and this one sounds most frightening, The Wrong Real Estate Agent. (laughs) Wrong Real Estate Agent? He'll sign your closing papers in your blood. (laughs) 
Would that be similar to like the cowboy realtor? <laughs> By law, I have to kill you. So everything about the pedigree of the filmmakers going into Knight's film is just plain wrong. The guy's written a lot of wrong movies. The director's directed a lot of wrong movies. Do you think maybe it's like like a test if they will let you go on to something better? You have to make a wrong movie. I've made 22 of them. (laughs) Spin the wheel and tell us how many wrong movies you must make. Actually, Dakota's been around. Dakota. Ellen Cabot's been around. He's got like almost 200 directing credits. He's doing just fine for himself. It's Uh, like Thunderdome over there. Spin, break a deal, spin the wheel. 22 wrong movies. Oh, I am thinking our listeners might right now might be thinking they tuned into the wrong podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, just 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 the listeners. But don't touch that dial, folks, because I think David Dakota might be our lucky charm, boys. Because three years before he stepped behind the camera for tonight's film, he directed a little cult classic called Beach Babes from Beyond. Ah, we of course had a blast with that flick back on episode seventy-five. So now I'm feeling like maybe I picked the right movie tonight. The right wrong movie. The right wrong movie. Or the wrong right movie. And right. yes, I realize I just gave High Noon on Makeout Planet more biographical background information than I did the actual classic films we've done, like Once Upon a Time in the West or Ghost in the Shell, like. I just gave you like 20 minutes of backstory on Petticoat Planet. Sue me, dickheads. It's what we do. It's what I do. Classic cinema that it's influenced audiences the gl- over the globe. No, we don't want to talk about that. But this movie that talk- made it literally because the opening title card was Skin Max. <laughs> it was. Not Skinamax. Skin Max. Skin Max TV. Oh, God. Hey, it's what I do. I talk about flavors and cigars, and I talk about these kind of movies. No apologies. Uh, it, did, it just made me feel good to actually see that title. Skin Max, yeah. Skin Max. Like, well, huh. I always thought, well, it's, it is, it isn't. Cinemax late night, we always, it, the nickname was Skinemax. Was Skinemax. But this actually was a thing called Skin Skinemax. <laughs> It actually got me thinking. I was like, wait, which came first? I'll tell you what comes first in this cigar. The earth and an undertone of leather and dark chocolate on that draw. I'm getting the dark chocolate on the a very yeah. little bit on the draw. And then that mineral. The pepper, is, is, it, didn't, it kind of went down a little bit in the first third, but it's picking back up again. Not medium. Yeah. Medium territory. This is a medium strength cigar to me, but a full bodied cigar. Like I'm getting some really bold, full flavors. Um, I can agree with that. Man, it's none. Uh, and you're right, Todd, that that cedar is making itself known, uh, which is usually a draw flavor for me, not a a retro hail flavor. But it, it's there. It's there with that pepper in the mineral. Oh, it's good, and it's actually doing okay with my melon beer. Um, the official log line for High Noon on Makeout Planet aka Petticoat Planet is this 
The hard luck life of Commander Steve Rogers takes a surprising turn for the better when his dilapidated spacecraft crashes in Puckerbush Gulch. Puckerbush Gulch. Populated only by gun-toting, hard-drinking cowgirls, the arrival of the only man is sure to cause a stir. All right. How could you tell me I can't... I wouldn't want to do this movie. A horny space guy crashes on a planet with a bunch of horny cowgirls? All right. The premise is there. The premise is there. Gun-toting, hard-drinking cowgirls? The premise is there. I can't... I like what you're saying. I usually... I'm going to be honest. I usually vet our movies. I watched several and then pit. I picked this movie before I watched it. I'm just gonna move. I got cocky after Destination Wedding. I'm like, we can do a show out of anything. I read that synopsis and I was like, fuck it, this is it. Now it all makes sense. And by the way, that spaceman dropping in the planet of horny cowgirls, that sounds eerily like some shit I'd write for our voiceover guy, Keith A. Howe, to talk about his little adventures at the end of our show. A lot of similarities. A lot, of similarities. a lot of similarities. Maybe I should contact the Lifetime Network. Maybe I got what it takes. Uh, dude, please do. You oh, can so- just make a whole slew of movies as opposed to being the wrong something. It is just the premise of a spaceman falling onto a planet. and every, It's a different planet. If there is yeah. ever a, multi- a universe in the multiverse... Where the lifetime people somehow stumble upon this show, this is the right guy for the wrong movies. Yeah, call me, <laughs> Vivica Fox, big fan. <laughs> By the way, she's in all five of those that they're releasing this year. She's like the showrunner of that series. God bless her. She does an awesome job on these. <laughs> I love Lifetime movies. I've told you guys several times. <laughs> no, you I, do. When I had. My two girls, when they were newborns and they were, I was up all night with them. It was a blessing and a curse because there was always a Lifetime movie on late at night, so I'd watch them. But all the Lifetime movies were, my daughter was kidnapped, or they took my daughter, or worse, the wrong daughter. I'm like, ah, <laughs> look down at this infant on my chest, like shit. But I, I've seen them all. I watch them all. Uh, yeah, so let's let's talk lifetime. And like Yak said, I can do all sorts of movies. A uh, horny space guy can drop into a planet full of all female gun-toting male women, delivered male, or all horny female. Uh, you the name possibilities it. Possibilities are endless. You name it, I can do it. Worlds of horny women that are horny bus drivers. <laughs> Oh my god, it's just me and a bunch of horny female bus drivers. <laughs> Lifetime, it would not be the wrong move to make. <laughs> uh, well, the opening credits do say Petticoat Planet on the version that Yak and I watched. Yaks and I watched. I asked Tut, they actually had different opening credits on his. It did say High Noon at Makeout Planet. So all right, I, I was curious if they actually. Went through the effort of retitling this thing for a different <laughs> version. Uh, I think that was a big mistake, by the way, Petticoat Planet. They should have stuck with High Noon at Makeout Planet. But enough about the title. We kick things off at the Venus Saloon, where Sheriff Parker is stopping by for her nightly double shot of red eye. She chats a bit with Lily, the bartender, about how peaceful things are in this 
One horse town in the great interstellar nowhere. Lily says that she was talking to some old timers about how nice it would be to have some men in Puckerbush Gulch. But Sheriff Parker just laughs her off. There hadn't been a man on this planet for eons. And we're doing just fine without him, says the law woman. As she tosses her coat off and begins suggestively grinding against every single woman on the dance floor. Yaks, what is in a double shot of red eye to make a female sheriff suddenly lose her ambitions like that? Tell our listeners. That would be interesting because normal red eye that I think of is from like cocktail. Cocktail with an egg in it? Yeah. Some hot sauce. We learn later that uh, Red Eye is a brand of whiskey on this planet. In, in Puckerbush, in Puckerbush, Colts. Cher Parker is played by Emmy Award-winning actress Leslie Kay. This chick went on to win Emmys for her soap opera work. But you might recognize her from such Lifetime movies as The Wrong Crush, <laughs> The Wrong Cheerleader, hyphen Back in Action, and Stalked by My Doctor, The Return. Which I believe the doctor wrote a review for. <laughs> the on doctor our did. He did. <laughs> so she's got her. She's dipped her toes in the lifetime uh, pool. It's a very incestuous world. This thing. So Sheriff Parker is now standing on the saloon staircase, gyrating her hips and swirling her six shooters up in the air. Within walks Mayor Delia Westwood, played by Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven's Elizabeth Catan who we also enjoyed seeing naked back in early 2017 when we featured the movie South Beach Academy, where she played Corey Feldman's love interest. Ah. And she was also the girlfriend of the psycho Santa Claus in Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which we did a show on. I believe that was the original <laughs> Paul McCartney show that Tut forgot to hit the record button. Naughty, naughty Tut. But we're going to do that show again this Christmas because we're lazy. And I already got the notes typed up. Um, <laughs> anywho, she's super foxy, this mayor. She's always foxy in any movie she does. I love this actress. And she has that great raspy bedroom voice, didn't you think? Like, I love her voice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, she's not in the saloon five seconds before her and Sheriff Parker are bumping their genitals against one another on the dance floor. And they're not doing that for ten seconds before they're up in a bedroom getting busy. No, no, they weren't. This is where we'll talk about the versions, but let me just give you guys at home what's going on from my perspective. But, Tut, I want to hear what happened in the end. Because, well, Yax and I, on our viewings, got to see them strip each other down to their lingerie, and then they laid next to each other on the bed just kind of and did nothing for a few minutes. Then Mayor Delia sucked on one of Sheriff Parker's fingers for a while. And then they simulated male-female sex in slow motion with the sheriff mounting the mayor doggy style. Then they rolled into the classic missionary position for a little bit. With the version you watched, Todd, does that mesh with what you masturbated to? Or what you watched? Or did they show that exact stuff? Or was it a lot more... No. In our in our version it was about five minutes of just boring nothing. Uh no they got naked, they got naked but it was the most unsexy, unsensual bullcrap I'd ever seen. And yeah, they just cut all of that out. It was oh, there hard, was nothing. It was a hard jump to the next. 
so that you're glad you watched, you glad you paid that six bucks for this. No, I'm not. No, the $6 version was the version that had nothing in it. Oh, so you're glad you went back and spent $2 to see this. No, I'm not. Okay, it's going out all over the place here. So the secret here is that smut is cheap. <sighs> yes. Cinema is expensive. Yes. Take away all the naughty bits. I don't think Tut would agree to what he watched that first time with cinema. But the odd thing about all this, like I, I said, I agree with what I with both viewings calling this cinema. These two actresses are attractive, and they're they they're, are. they're doing stuff to each other. No, they're and not. They're, they take their tops off, but it is the most unsexy, boring scene like this I think I've ever seen on film. And the cheesiest fuck Roadhouse rock music playing. Over this ten-minute lame-ass lesbian scene, did it no favors whatsoever. The wrong right? director, the wrong audio engineer, the wrong, the wrong editor, the wrong soundtrack. Well, at the end of the day, we get to see some boobs, and we didn't have to listen to either of their atrocious fake Southern accents for ten minutes. So, I guess it. I guess it was okay. Well, later that night, Lily, the bartender, she's a little bit younger than the, the mayor and the, the sheriff. She wishes for a man to appear. And just as luck would have it, she sees a shooting star crash to the ground in the distance. But it's not a shooting star, is it yet? It is not. The next morning, Sheriff Parker rides into town with an unconscious figure slumped over her horse. Mayor Delia approaches her to get the scoop. Well, I'll be tarred and feathered. Oh, What's going on here, Parker? Where'd you find this poor soul? She was laying in the remains of some strange metal carriage. Oh, you mean a spaceship? A spaceship? This person's from another planet, Parker. Oh, well that explains a lot. It's the damnedest, strangest woman I've ever seen. I mean, look how short her hair is and she could do with a shave, too. Mayor looks at her. Sheriff, this is not a woman. This is a man. A man? All 37 women gathered in the street explained in unison. Yes, a man, Mayor Delia says. He probably took a wrong turn on the intergalactic highway and crashed here. Just like a stupid man, huffs the sheriff. Hey, now, she's never even seen a man before. and She's talking trash about dudes. Well, Lily offers up her spare bedroom above the saloon to the wounded spaceman, and that's that. We cut to a four-second shot of the sun setting, and that's cool because for those four seconds, we didn't have to listen to their atrocious fake southern accents. <laughs> I love the moon and sun shots. It, it gave me a nice little reprieve. The silence is golden. When Captain Steve Rogers... Isn't that Captain America's name? That's Captain it America. Is. Wakes up in bed later on wearing only a black wrestling unitard. He discovers Lily looking at him in inquisitively. He asks where he is, and when she says Puckerbush, he can't help but laugh. Are you serious? <laughs> he guesses that, response. He's kind of shaking his head. He guesses that he got really drunk at the saloon night before, and then he and Lily came upstairs to do a little mattress mambo. Which, actually, there's a third version of this movie called Mattress Mambo. Uh, 
it's three dollars, and I, I thought about sending the link to you guys, but I, I thought maybe <laughs> I, was, I was pushing it. Um, when she explains to him that the space, the space, his spacecraft crashed, he rolls out of bed and demands his transgalactic communicator, which is of course broken uh, from the crash. He asks Lily to speak with the guy in charge around here, and that's when she informs him there are no guys around here, only women. Due to a horrible mining accident 20 years ago when a tunnel collapsed and killed all the men. Well, as much as I, he looks out the window at all these hot chicks walking around. Well, as much as I'd like to live out this beer commercial, Steve says, I have responsibilities. That's the one thing you know, need to know about guys, Lily. We have a lot of responsibilities. So he can't pleasure her right now. He's got things to do. Man, this dude really is a unitard. Am I right? <laughs> Can I say that? Am I canceled? Probably. I'll still watch you, though. You know what? After watching this movie three times, cancel me. Please. please. For God's sake, please. So Steve uh, races, Commander Steve races out of the Venus Saloon wearing his skin-tight wrestling unitard, and he starts stomping his way around the town of Puckerbush Gulch looking for answers. And after typing that sentence, I'm going to wander around for hours after the show looking for some life answers myself. <laughs> the wrong answers. I'm going to find the wrong answers. Well, given the content of this thing, uh, the one thing that it cracked me up was like, well, you got the Venus saloon, but why wouldn't you have it spelled it like Val Venus? V-E-N-I-S? Exactly. <laughs> well, they don't know what a penis is. We'll learn that here. That's the whole point. Uh. Oh, you're looking for subtle nuances in the comedy here? Oh, God. Why? That's right. Why? I'm looking for anything that would just add depth. Well, any <laughs> small brushstrokes here, people. It's. I'm a. Uh, <laughs> what cracks me up more than anything else is at this point, I literally know where this movie is going. Literally. No, there's no I way. There's no way to know where the movie's going. Wrote a script for this. So what are we trying to do? Oh no, no, we've got to actually. And they shot like anything that this takes this long to edit into an hour plus means that they have like two hours of footage, probably three. Well, I, I've actually volunteered the Tuesday Night Scar Club to assemble the three-hour cut of High Noon at Makeout Planet, complete with audio commentary, several different audio commentaries. Um, after which, we'll all jump off a cliff and call it a day. Nah, just give me a bottle. We'll get it done. All the 37 townswomen are in awe of the male visitor. And he eventually runs straight into Sheriff Parker, who draws her six-shooter on him. <laughs> Let me guess. Wild Lil Hickok, he says. The gun's bigger than she is. She commands him to follow her to the town jail, but it turns out her cop skills are as bad as her southern accent because he lazily just reaches into his space duffel bag and pulls a laser gun out on her. He's Steve orders her out of his way before he fries her ass like a side of bacon. Advantage, Steve Rogers. 
Oh, wait, nope. As all 50 of the ladies, or 37 of the ladies gathered around, pull their six shooters out, our space boys cornered in the ends. Horribly, horribly cornered by horny space women. As he's thrust into a prison cell, hey, baby, I know my rights. Sheriff Parker explains that he has no rights. There's no one phone call. We don't have any phones. And there's no lawyers because the town operates under the rules of frontier justice. Her badge is the final word. And speaking of thrusting, as soon as Commander Steve is behind bars, Sheriff Parker says it's getting hot in here and she starts removing her clothes. She asks him how sex is on his planet. He says, it's kind of good sometimes. And as she starts doing that thing where her whole body is gyrating to music that only she hears in her head, Commander, <laughs> Commander Steve suddenly starts laughing. Wait a minute. I'm on an episode of Cosmic Bloopers and Practical Jokes, aren't I? I knew it. Yaks, he's not on an episode of Cosmic Bloopers and Practical Jokes, is he? But he should be. I want to see that movie as well. I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, it's called the wrong choice to make if I want to keep my wife and kids. <laughs> this little fucking cigar, that pepper keeps ebbing and flowing. Like one puff, I'm yeah. like, oh, it's back. And then it kicks down and lets that cedar on the retro hail show itself a little more with that mineral. That draw is consistent. That bold earth. A little bit of dark chocolate. Are you guys getting a little bit of the mineral on the draw as well? I'm getting a lot of mineral. I, yeah. I, I don't. I can't tell whether I'm getting mineral on that draw or the first part of the retro L. The the Liga Pravada catalog of cigars really go all over the place. You know, from the the Liga Nine and the Feral to the the Ratzillas and year of the rats and but then on the other side you got the t52 the stock cut stuff and the h99 hybrid i mean it's it's there's a just a huge and they got the pigs that which deliver yeah. an entirely different smoking experience um so far what i'm noticing about this one and i'm not going to say that willie his distinct leaf placement in this cigar is what's giving this but it's it's certainly i have never had a league of Bravada with that kind of pepper Ebb and flow? Ebb and flow before. Yeah. It's, it either it hits you in the beginning and then dials down. Maybe it'll come back for a longer stretch in the middle. The The bar graph is much more like this. Yeah. Watch me on YouTube because this will make no sense on iTunes. <laughs> but here it's it's a roller coaster. It's, it's, oh, man, I wish that pepper was back. Oh, it's back. Like, I wonder if that's a the, the leaf placement was a Lajero, uh heavy leaf. That just keeps you guessing as far as the that spice. If it is, it was smart. I like it. Because every time it goes away and I'm like, I wish that would come back, it comes back. And that's that's kind of cool in such a little cigar. And I'm getting some coffee. A little past the halfway mark, I'm getting some French roast coffee. That's a flavor that I'm experiencing in the cigar <laughs> and I'm tasting it so I know that it's real to me if no one else. Well, the beer's pushing anything coffee tasting out of the way. 
Man, I'm really surprised by your how that that beer is treating the treating your cigar. It, I guess just because of the way it looks so creamy and safe and dark and and like it would play nice with anything in the Liga profile. Well, it's it just, not it's not like Guinness. It's not like you know creamy but constrained. I mean, this has got it's creamy but with punch, uh, and that punch is just kind of moving some of those flavors out a little bit. Oh man, that addition of some some coffee on the on the draw is mixed with that earth. That's nice. Okay, I will say I think the beer is actually highlighting that mineral because I'm getting that mineral. I mean, it's it's far heavier than what you're describing. Yeah, no, um, it's minimal, but it's there, but it's minimal. But I don't I don't I don't know if my cantaloupe smoothie is going to necessarily. <laughs> Dude, I'm drinking this one, then I'm going back to the fucking astronaut. <laughs> Speaking of the astronaut, back at the Venus Saloon, Mayor Delia pops in to check on their space prisoner. When Lily fills her in on everything and tells her that the sheriff has locked him up, the mayor isn't pleased at all by any means. And when Lily asks Sheriff Parker, am I prettier than... Uh, I'm sorry, when uh, Lily asks the mayor... Am I prettier than Sheriff Parker? This really sets the mayor off because Lily would never be having these thoughts of who's prettier if it weren't for this dadgum man being there. Trust me, Lily, she says. Men are no good in that all they do is disappear on you and they leave the toilet seat up. They're nothing but trouble and men always end up breaking your heart. I hate to mansplain things here. But it seems as if these broads are a little harsh towards the men of Puckerbush Gulch, who died in a mine shaft trying to secure resources for the town. It's not like these dudes packed up their horses and rode off to find some other hoochie mamas. These guys died trying to provide for their families, and these chicks just shit on them constantly in this movie. They died horrible, agonizing deaths. And nobody cares. They all talk about the men like they're just a bunch of losers they were stupid and got killed in a mine, which probably is right, but still. <laughs> Am I right? If it wasn't for their shoddy mine work, they would still be alive, <laughs> providing for us. It is funny, though, from a sociological aspect. Before this dude showed up, no women ever asked each other, Am I prettier than this one? Or is my dress? And I would say that's a fucking lie. You think yaks with no men, they'd still be cat fighting? Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> Possibly so. Possibly so. Contrary, we all know the secret. I mean, my name is women, Paul, and this you, is between y'all. I don't know. I get. To, I personally get to see this quite often. Well, you 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 own a pub as, as an impromptu therapist, but you live, <laughs> but you bartend and own a pub in a world where there are two sexes. Oh yes. Imagine if we had a planet where it was just us dudes. Tut would be strolling into the Venus Saloon wearing. Hey, the same Bob, pants. do you think my pecs are as developed as Cade's over there? He'd be wearing the same pair of fucking sweatpants every day his entire life. <laughs> This is, this is true. This is true. You think Billy Bob has nicer sweatpants than I do? That would never come out of his mouth because there's no chicks. 
I've never gone up to the pub and been like, uh, what should I wear? I want to make sure I'm wearing a t-shirt that's cooler than Cody's t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's not a thought I have. And there are, but you know, I'm, I don't think about impressing girls, but this is totally different. There are no men. I thought it was interesting that she was like, dude, you just said something that you would never say if it weren't for this, this ding dong that just plopped down on our planet. And that sounds like a Paul McCartney. You know, ding dong plopped down on the planet, man. Yeah. Just a little launchy launch and then bloop, 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 bloop. Just plopped down. Paul McCartney. Yeah. You were right. It was gone for months and now it's back. <laughs> Ground control to Major Tom, you know. Plop, plop. Plunkety, plump, plunk. You know. One minute he's soaring through the uh, stratosphere, man. You know, just just soaring. Next thing you know, he's like noodling. Everything's cool. And bloop, 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 bloop. You know, he just falls, man. Right. Back at the jailhouse, things are ramping up between Sheriff Parker and Commander Steve Rogers. She asks how he's able to walk around with something like that sticking out in front of him, his boner. And he explains, it isn't always that big. This is a special circumstance. I've been there. She's intrigued by what she sees. Been there, too. And she tells him, Spaceman, you're going to be my bitch tonight. Been there. This This actress is fine and dandy, I suppose. Am I the only one, though, who would have killed? I would have killed a drifter and buried him where no one would ever find him if we could have got Anna Nicole Smith to play this Sheriff Parker. Oh, oh my God. God. That All of a sudden, tight, you would be loving this movie. Space boy, how are you able to walk around these parts with that thing poking out of your britches like that? God, no. And see, that's how bad my impressions are. Tud mentioned Dennis Miller earlier, and it like worked itself into my hand. Go, hey, space boy, are you able to walk around with something sticking out like your britches like that? Huh? Uh, That's what I want. That's what I want. Hey, if I ever do make a, a lifetime movie about the wrong guy going to the wrong planet, I'm casting Dennis Miller in that thing. Hey, what's with all these bus drivers, babe? Huh? Oh, oh, oh! The Ugh. fictional Dennis Miller accent is the best part of this entire movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, Anna Nicole would have rocked this role. I, this chick was this chick was fine. I didn't find her that attractive. That kind of hurt my overall experience of this thing. Anna Nicole, I would have taken Shannon Tweed. I actually like, like I actually like the sheriff. I thought she was pretty good looking. I mean, she's yeah. no she's no uh, what's her name Lily the. Uh, bartender. Oh, I thought Lily the bartender looked like a kid. Like she was so young. I, I didn't find her attractive at all. Oh, I mean, yeah, me neither. Oh, sorry, that was kind of a shitty thing to say to you after you, <laughs> you like her. I really found so and so attractive. Really, she looked like a kid to me. I mean, no, I, no, she was of age. She was of age. I thought she had a younger face. No, I, I, I honestly, the only one I found in this planet of hot. Gun-toting, hard-drinking babes. Gun-toting, hard-drinking babes. It's a planet of hard-drinking babes, babe. Huh? 
<laughs> How about we get a bucket of Seagram's wine coolers and see what happens, huh? Uh, yeah, I, I would have liked Anne Nicole or Shannon Tweed in this. It seems like they're custom made. Tweed. Yeah, they would have been great. They they would have been great. But you need a brunette. I get it. Um. <laughs> Bunch of idiots. <laughs> Who do you make these videos Us? for? Us? Watch this. Who are you doing this for? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take that Spotify check for 30 bucks to quit doing this. Comes from the question of the person who actually watched it <laughs> and then decided at the very end to say, why? Why would you make this? Why did you watch it? Why did you go through the process? As Dave Chappelle said, you clicked on my face. Hey, babe, it's you in the Burger King drive-thru. It's your life choice. <laughs> Deal with it. Huh? Chachi. Right, uh, I need a quick break, please. <laughs> <laughs> I found some way to save Tut from leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self Every time Tut's disinterested Pull in Dennis Miller in the movie I can, Which actually works really good tonight Because Doctor hates my Dennis Miller He does Which he makes it even better He would totally Dude but I love doing it Because I just love watching him on the rerun Just squirm <laughs> He does He physically storms. He does Actually, I think last week the only impression I've ever done that he enjoyed was Keanu. Your Keanu was pretty good. I liked it. Watching it back, he actually he actually kind of dug it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. Once you start rocking it, I was like, oh god. Well, no, that's yeah. pretty good. Well, I started doing Keanu in high school, so it, I, I've had <laughs> it invested. Ironically, my least favorite thing I do is Dennis Miller, but it, Tut just laughs so much at it. I, I don't go, know why. Hey, maybe we start doing that around the house. My kids will gravitate towards that. No, just you know. Hey, babe, keep your cliff bar. We got to get to school, huh? Tut, you are almost done with your cigar. You brought out your nub tool to get to the bottom of things. Um... Final third. I'm in the final third. I've had to remove the band. Where are you at, flavor-wise? You know those flavors you're tasting. It's good. We're not tasting. It's tobacco. Pepper is still hitting hard on that retro hill. Good tobacco. It's got that mineral. Oh, it's nice. Earth, cedar, leather, dark chocolate. Yes, dark chocolate. Yes, I I burnt. I killed mine already, but it was I was already past the point. But what yes, okay. The the cedar was a. I won't say that it was a weird component, but it was just weird to have it 
be so well, prevalent. Speaking of cedar as a flavor, uh, usually with the the Liga, the the nine and the Feral, I, I get more of a an oak, a more heavier wood, an oak, a mesquite, uh, mainly oak or hickory. Uh, when I were talking woodsy flavors, head Skip's head just exploded uh, with me mentioning all those different types of trees. Uh, but yeah, the cedar. I mean, it's a very distinct cedar presence on there and mixed with the leather and the earth and then that pepper and the, the mineral and the draw. This is a very unique Liga Pravada. Um, yeah. And that ebb and flow, like I said, of the pepper coming and going, coming and going, disappears. I want it back. Boom. It comes back. Bauhaus. Distinct placement of the leaves. I think it accomplished that. I think it uh, provided something new to the Liga Provada family that hasn't been seen before. Granted, you got to go to Europe to get these. And I'm seeing guys on the Drew Estate boards. They're actually calling cigar shops in Germany and the Netherlands and getting them shipped over here to get this experience. You cannot buy this cigar in America. So when I talk price point here, Keep in mind, this is a price point on what this cigar costs bringing this shit over here to the States. So it's really not even fair to ask you guys, but I, I guess I will. Price point? Fifteen seventy five. Fifteen seventy five. I'm gonna go twelve euros. I don't have a conversion. You are correct. You are correct. I don't have, I don't have a conversion thing here. Uh, that is $37. So we got $37. No, and it, would be, it would be like a 24, I think. 21.89, according to halfwheel.com's report. <laughs> Look at you, X. So, so is that 12 euros? I don't All know. right, you know what? Give me a second. Whew. I don't know. If We're I gonna go to the interwebs. We're gonna find our currency conversion. While you Google the conversion rates, Yaks, I want to remind uh, folks that when purchasing some fine Liga Pravada cigars from Drew Estate or other brands from FamousSmokeShop.com, please use your new favorite promo code TNCC20 at checkout where it will knock $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. My that, if you could buy a box of Bauhaus, that would be a free cigar. <laughs> that would be a free cigar. What, what did you say? It was 21? 2189. 2189. It comes to 1818 18 euros. Yeah. So I'm about six euros off. Six nothing euros and 18 euro cents. Nothing to be ashamed is. of. Look, I always look at a Liga Pravada as a luxury smoke. Very much a, so, yes. As a special moment smoke. If I'm going out to mow my grass or if I'm uh, getting drunk at my daughter's birthday party talking like Paul McCartney, I'm not going to be smoking a Liga Pravada because I can't pay attention to it the way that it deserves. Um, there are other cigars to fit that bill. 
uh, fine cigars, which are pleasant and I can puff on them. But when I smoke a Liga Pravada, I want to savor it and I want to just swim in that moment in time and think about nothing but the cigar in my hand. And this cigar provided me, and dude, as little as it is, it's been going for a while. Yeah, it's lasted a bit. It really has. So, you know, these cigars were uh, generously provided for review by Drew Estate. I can say that it's unique enough when I find a unique uh, member of the League of Provada family, I I seek them out. Uh, there's some that I, I don't like, mo- some more than others. Um, for some reason, the Velvet Rat doesn't do much for me. Uh, I, I've had quite a few of them, and I, I, I love it. I like it, but I wouldn't go out and necessarily buy it when I could buy some feral pigs or yeah. um, a, a Year of the Rat. I love the Year of the Rat. Um, I really dig this cigar. I, 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 I love cigars that keep me guessing strength-wise. I love cigars that I'm like, all right, here's where it is, and it's settling down, and oh, here we go. No, it's not. I like cigars that keep me on my toes. I hate boring cigars, and this is not a boring cigar. Agreed? Not a boring cigar. Definitely not a boring cigar. And I like the way that you talked about it as being a a moment cigar. I can agree with that. Yeah, you just want to be alone with the cigar in this moment. Hey, get a room, huh? I don't think 20 is... That's pushing my price point, well, but again, it's not out of what I've paid before. So again, you're you're bringing this over from another continent. True, so true, true. You're not walking into your local shop and dropping twenty on these. You're, you know, you're having to deal with all sorts of customs and all that customs crap. and all sorts of stuff. So, um, yeah, this it's very unusual. This is a very unusual circumstance for. I will say it's a wonderful, wonderful cigar. I mean, you can't, even with the price aside, you can't take that away from the cigar. It's a beautiful smoking cigar. It really is. A lot of review sites don't factor in price point to their their final score. They just, you know, what the cigar is, the blend, that should stand on its own. Uh, our, our formula that we use, it's a very small fraction of our final score. But... Um, Man, any how they keep tweaking the Liga Provada family, I just love. I I, I loved the the, yeah. the new the new version of the year. The Rat is our number one cigar last year, um, and I, I'm I'm just digging the hell out of it. And it stood up to a melon fucking beer, and it's sticking up to a brewed IPA, which is super fucking hoppy. But I'm glad I went back to it because those hops and that strength on that retrohale are yeah. just Nice dancing partners. It's a, it's a fun it's a fun pairing. See, I think that I think that uh, like a Belgian strong ale with that would just be awesome. Uh, you get a little bit of citrus on it, but not too much. But you get a heavy malt that kicks in there, and I think that that uh, I think that make oh that'd be a great pairing. You know what I'd love to smoke or drink with this cigar? What's that? A Don de Do. Don de Do would be a good one. A triple. There you go. Yes. That flavorful triple that takes you on a fucking smorgasbord of flavors like this cigar did and just kind of surprises you with every sip that that triple for me it's my favorite triple that 
Dude, the Donde Do would rock with this fucking seal. I think you're right. I think I am too, Yax, for once. All right. Well, let's get back to the movie. You keep nubbing that thing. I'm going to keep puffing away on this little... I actually just had to release it. Hey, Yax, one day we're going to have to get drunk and get a, get our friend, uh, no, sir. He asked on YouTube what our thoughts were on the Snyder Cut. Oh. I, need guys, to, I need to get your thoughts on the Snyder Cut. You guys can do a special edition of uh, the Two Thanks Cigar Club where I can just sit back and, and drink and not just nerd to. out. Yeah, we'll let you guys do your thing. Uh, but back to the movie. <laughs> we cut to a shot of the moon with a howling wolf in the background, letting us know that it is indeed nighttime. When you see the moon in this movie, it's nighttime. When you see the sun, it's daytime. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about really? Spaceman's buttocks. No, we actually see more of his ass cheeks than any chick in this movie. That's uh, right. That's what you call a press cam? <laughs> <laughs> For the next five minutes, we watch as Sheriff Parker dances around on top of Commander Steve, who's handcuffed to the bars of his jail cell. Up above his head. She takes off her top, cracks a bullwhip about 50 times. And I'm not kidding. Like, she climbs on top of him and is, like, grinding herself against his torso, then his face. Uh, she cracks his bullwhip about 50 times as that terrible roadhouse music plays on repeat. Was she whipping him? Because we don't see. I don't know. He does say the next morning his ass is a little sore. I'm not sure what kind of shenanigans are up to on. He wasn't really complaining too much, though. Pucker Bush Gulch. Uh, I don't think so, but whatever. She was doing it. And it would have been astronomically more entertaining if Anna Nicole Smith was doing it, but I'm, I'm going to leave that alone. And when she's finally exhausted from all that whipping and dancing, we cut to a shot of the sun to let us know that it's now morning. Yeah, make- and then if you watched uh, High Noon at Makeout Planet, you saw her get up from the chair and then cut to the sun. Oh, so you didn't see any of that jailhouse grind session? Not even the bullwhip? That Not was even, hot. No. Oh, see, I could see if you watched that version, you're like, come on, dude. And I could see if you watched that version, why you would think that this was actually a, a softcore porno. Because you're like, oh, all the, all the, they, they did it and I'm not getting to see it. Whereas when you watch the full version that Yax and I did, Petticoat Planet, this is not uh, a, like yeah, we've done, like we got bamboozled into in the past. The ladies from, uh, what was that movie? The ladies of, uh, the Royale. Bikini. Bikini Royale, the ladies from Bikini. Dude. That was actually a softcore porn where they showed, stuff and we watched the edited version where they showed nothing this isn't a softcore porn even in the full even in the full version these are real actors and actresses and directors and screen these guys wrote collect these guys collectively contributed to 50 wrong movies they might have done all the lifetime stuff but this is at its core is just a bad softcore porn movie sheriff parker went on to win an emmy for her work in general hospital Yeah, yeah it's true that's where I recognize her. It's from. not softcore because there's not even anything close to sex in this thing. It's just chicks grinding on dudes. We get to see his butt cheeks. But I mean, we saw that in Color of Night with Bruce Willis, and we got to see his wang 
Is Color of Night a softcore porn? No, because there had cinema stuff to, to it. Cinema Just stuff. The cinema stuff. The cinema stuff. Are you talking about the Willis penis? <laughs> and the Willis orgasm? Whoa! We don't get any space band Steve Rogers orgasms in this no, thing. No, thankfully. Mayor Delia pops in to check in the jailhouse to check on her prisoner. He asks for a phone call to Earth, which that's not a thing. But she tells him that all their communications equipment was in the mine shaft with the men when it collapsed, which, she says, got Pucker Bush voted dumbest planet of the year that year for obvious reasons. That was funny. Well, how would they go in there? They took all the communications equipment. It all got destroyed. Well, how would they know that they got voted dumbest planet of the year if all the communication equipment was in the mine? A representative from the contest flew down to the planet and gave them their trophy. Why wouldn't they bring them, like, some new communication equipment? You've seen how difficult these women are to work with. Would you give them any communications equipment? I would have given them something. Oh, I can't believe this is my life. I've heard stories about my mother-in-law going into Verizon to complain about this. You're not helping these women if you don't absolutely have to. <laughs> Tut, remind me to delete that comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, she tells she tells Steve the crux of the situation is that they have laws in this town. And you broke several of them. Intent to commit violence, reckless endangerment. Propositioning an officer of the law with his space penis, littering, excessive use of derogatory female nicknames. She did not like him calling her babe or chicky poo. Hey, what's up, babe? And, hey, babe. Oh, God, they'd hate Dennis Miller there. Hey, You can't tell me to get home, but I bet you can tell me where the Bed Bath and Body Works is, huh? Chachi, chicky boo, iron. Sorry, it's only for touch. And he crash landed on a planet without a permit. That we broke that rule too. So Commander Steve is going on trial. The women of Puckerbush will decide his fate. Uh oh. Pucker Bush, huh? I gotta stop. I gotta stop. <laughs> standing up, standing up on the hangman's platform in front of all the townsfolk, Commander Steve pleads insanity to all the charges. Lily calls out from the crowd for Mayor Delia to allow Steve to plead his case. It's only fair, she says. Just because he's a man doesn't mean he shouldn't be treated any differently than a woman on trial. Fair enough, she says. Steve takes a few steps closer to the sea of women standing in judgment before him. Hi. My name is Steve, and I'm a Capricorn. My favorite color is aquamarine, and my turnoffs are Jerry Lewis movies and guys who wear sandals with black socks. Sorry, Todd. I guess things wouldn't work out with you and Commander Steve. Yeah, I know you like your sandals. Yeah. He continues. Like black socks, too. He continues. 
You see, I was flying this rocket ship full of sick children to a hospital on the other side of the galaxy. He's putting his brain to work. Small, but he's got a brain in there. But Sheriff Parker stops him right there. She says, I found no bodies of sick children in your wreckage. In fact, there was a sign painted on the side of your spaceship that read, Joe's Intergalactic Garbage Service. Fine, fine, he says. I'm a garbage man. So what? He yells as all the chicks giggle at him. So you broads, I mean women, they are deciding his fate here. You're going to send me up the river just because I have a lousy job? They all shout, yes, in unison. <laughs> Turns out Commander Steve is Garbage Man Steve. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Steve tries one more tactic, pouring out his heart and begging for mercy, but they all chant, guilty, guilty. The commander, I can't call him that anymore, Steve gives up. He walks over and puts his head in the noose himself. Can y'all at least get me drunk first? I don't want to die a sober man. I can respect him. All right, nice. all right there you what? go. I actually think I might mutter those words at some point in my life. <laughs> but then Mayor DeLee announces his sentence. He's fined $40, and he will be issued a written citation by Sheriff Parker for his crimes against this town. They All, all the girls start laughing at him again for thinking they were going to hang him. The mayor says, we don't ever hang anybody. We only hold trials up here because the acoustics are so good. <laughs> and why have the noose? It was just there. Yeah. You know, who, you know who? You know where else the acoustics are good, Tut? Where's that? Well, of course, I'm talking about under the big white tent at a Drew Estate barn smoker. Man, I can hear that rap music thumping from here, washing over the tobacco fields and barns with that thudding bass. Close your eyes, boys. You can hear Biggie Smalls just. Oh, it's. Oh. Uh, oh. Uh. Uh, it's enough. The barn smokers are back this year. They're back, baby. They're back. How exciting is that? And I'm guessing that if you folks at home attend one of these amazing experiences, you'll find plenty of their newer offerings, such as the Herrera Esteli Miami, crafted by level 9 Cuban rollers at the famed El Titan de Bronze on Cali Ocho. The Herrera Esteli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish. Yeah, boy, did I say that right? You did. A lavish uh, Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Steli Miami features rich black and gold packaging, and it's available in five sizes. I smoked the cigar many times and is truly one of Willie Herrera's masterpieces. So jump in your car or jump online right now and get your hands on some. What are you waiting for? Do it. Go get some. And while we're talking about cool shit, don't leave. I'd also like to take a hot minute to let y'all know about something very cool. Cigar World. Cigar World is an online site for cigar smokers. Like us. There you can get cigar news, reviews, and a whole lot more. Also on the site is a cigar research panel called the Testing Lab. I believe that's where the doctor is tonight. He couldn't join us because he's knee-deep in the Testing Lab. Oh, he's got his fingers in his experiments. He's got his white lab coat on. He's got his goggles on. You're right, Ted. He's always got his sticky fingers. 
in experiment. <laughs> uh, you can sign up to give your input on new cigars by taking surveys and testing cigars. Check it out at cigarworld.com forward slash forward slash not forward splash forward slash testing lab. I bet Skip loves Cigar World. <laughs> None of it's asking about flavors. Don't you dare talk about flavors at Cigar World. <laughs> All right. Over at Town Hall, Steve is attempting. Notice I don't call him Commander Steve anymore. He drives a garbage truck. Or I guess if he fell off and crashed to earth, he's probably on the back of the intergalactic garbage truck. Which, how do you pick up trash cans in space? That's I'm just weird. saying that if you're piling a spaceship, you can still be called Commander. True. True. All right. Commander Steve is attempting to repair We all his call me Commander Tuttle. If you change your Zoom name to it. That's what makes it that's what makes it official. Uh, he's trying to repair his transgalactic communicator under the watchful eye of Mayor Delia. That's it, he realizes. It's the positronic spacey sprocket that went blotto on impact. Do you ladies have any by choice? By chance? But of course not. They were all buried in the mine shaft. Not only did the men all take the phones, they took all the Positronic spacey sprockets with them when they got killed in the. These men just really did not want to have like any a conspiracy hope. at this point. I they took that, all means of communication. I think we it want went down. no one. It's no accident. The men, the men took the positronic spacey sprockets with them into the mine shaft. Google it. These men did not want to be rescued. They, they didn't want to be found. These were progressive women pushing. Progressive ideals on traditional men. I've seen it a million times. They chose to die in that mind shaft with their positronic spacey sprockets and as opposed to recre- recreation and procreation with these dominating females. It's not normal. It's not natural. Speaking of natural, go to my website and get some natural whole grain amino acids, my Power Plus serum. You can travel to Pucker Gush. You're going to be able to breathe. You're going to be able to exercise. It's going to give all your amino acid needs. Infowars.com. Haven't heard from that guy in a while. No, 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 yeah. He's avoiding lawsuits out of ass. Yeah, he is. Uh, Well, Steve is frustrated because he can't fix his transgalactic communicator. And this pisses the mayor off. She tells him, maybe you should have crash landed on a planet that had a radio shack instead. That's the weird thing. Like the the chicks on this planet reference a ton of Earth stuff. Like I, I I'm knitting picks at this point. It, it doesn't matter. <sighs> well, maybe I should have. Commander Steve says before walk. <laughs> it's my favorite scene in the movie. Before walking out of town hall, town hall and tripping down the stairs, which causes him to fall face first in a big pile of horse shit. <laughs> I don't think we actually ever saw any horses, though, did we? No, we did, actually, yes. Oh, were there some horses? Well, yeah, when the they, when they first yeah, brought, they him, brought him, in him in town, he was on a horse. Yeah, unconscious. That was the one horse they had for an hour, so let's it get was this scene right. It was literally a one-horse town and that one-horse shit right where Steve fell. 
I felt like I tripped into a big pile of horse shit about this point in the movie. Yes. But unfortunately, I couldn't take a bath and watch Petticoat playing it off me so easily. Uh, you know, the horse just took a little plunkety plunk on the Main Street, man. You know, the Main Avenue just plunkety did. <laughs> just took a big plunk, you know, right there, right there in the avenue. Just plunk, 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 plunk. I remember back in uh, Birmingham, <laughs> Ringo took a plunk, it's you know, squatted down, took a plunk, you know. We're just trying to find some chords, just noodling. All right. Speaking of baths, Mayor Delia runs Commander Steve a hot bath back at her place. Guess what, boys? All of a sudden, Mayor Manhater is having a change of heart as she asks Steve if he needs some help lathering up in the tub. What about you hating men, he asks suspiciously and rightfully so. I have no problem with men. I think every woman should own one, she says as she starts stripping off her clothes. Finally, she's the reason I picked the stupid movie. I think she's really hot. And she's taking off, she's getting naked. She even asked him if he enjoyed having sex in the jailhouse. So apparently she not only knew about his sex with the sheriff, but she has no qualms about getting Sheriff Parker's sloppy seconds. None at all. Is there a female equivalent to sloppy seconds? Like when a dude is passed around? I don't know. I've never heard them. Caked on comeuppances? I'm sure that could work. Anyway. I'm washed, fairly washed, sure there's probably something else. Washed, washed up wings? Anyway. I think I... Hey, like Keanu in our last... I think I just coined a term. Washed up wings. Mm. I think Keanu's was a little bit better. Oh. Thanks for nothing, you boy. <laughs> Cut to some slow, gentle country music, and boom, a naked Mayor Delia is in the tub with Space Boy. Do you think that awesome Smashing Pumpkin song, Space Boy, was referencing this film? Is that possible? No. I think it was. Absolutely. 100%. Is that a thing? No. Do you think Absolutely. Billy Cor- Billy Corgan was up watching Skin Max one night and wrote Space Boy about Commander Steve Rogers? It could have been, but probably not. Absolutely not. So the mayor and Steve do it for three minutes and 14 seconds, mostly horsey style in slow motion. And you timed it. Three minutes and 14 seconds. You know, Oddly specific. They were just doing it like horses, man, you know? Just doing it in the tub, a little ring of reduce, you know? Just noodling. I'm guessing she didn't consider that he was in the bathtub because he was covered in shit. He's in the bathtub because he got covered in horse shit, and she climbs in there with him. It's not a shower. That shit's swirling around in there with him. She's going to get a yeast infection, if not worse. Puckerbush might be up for yet another Dumbest Planet of the Year award. That guy's going to fly down there and give him another trophy. Later on, Lily takes Commander Steve to where they keep all the men's clothes. By the clothes. way, all of that was after, oh, I think everyone should own a man or two. And then, bloop, your, onto your the version, scene. In your version of High Noon and Make Out Planet, we, you didn't see any of the bathtub scene of them screwing in horseshit. 
Actually, you might have got off better on this one. No, because I wanted to be thorough. I I've, just ne- I've just never understood the idea of a bath. Because when you take a bath... I can't all stand the, them. All the shit you're washing off you... I understand a woman, like a nice, normal, modern-day woman takes a bath. Okay, she's not rolling around in shit all day. But anybody else, kids or this guy... Anything you are trying to wash off you just swirls around you in a bathtub. Yeah, I don't dig it. Well, I know they didn't have showers back the bath, then. You're act, I mean, you're supposed to actually rinse off and then... Well, we never see that in the movies. Well, of course not. You always see the cowboy just sink into that tub. And oh, then walks, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Later on, Lily takes Commander Steve to where they keep all the men's clothes in storage, and we are treated to a hilariously unfunny montage of him trying on different outfits. For some reason, the men of Puckerbush apparently wore Zorro costumes and village people black biker outfits. And he keeps trying these things on, and she gives him the nun, and he jumps out of the frame. All in slow motion, by the way. Which makes this horrible montage go on for three times as long as it should. Until he finally finds some normal Western wear and Lily gives him the thumbs up. He's a cowboy now. Good. Meanwhile, over at the jailhouse, Mayor Delia is forbidding Sheriff Parker from ever sleeping with Steve again. She wants him all to herself. You see, boys... These two women have never so much as gotten into an argument over the last 20 years, but now a man, like Tut with that hat on, oh, you just took it off. (laughs) A man with a cowboy hat has entered the picture, and these ladies are locking horns over him. At least the sheriff admits she was horny, whereas Delia swears she just did it horsey style with Space Boy in the bathtub because she was curious is all. She did it as a you know, a curiosity. No, come on, girl. It was a fact-finding mission. <laughs> Again, I type that sentence, and that's something I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. That's on me. That's on me. Oh, God. Somebody should really toss me in the intergalactic garbage truck when we finally call it quits on this podcast. Thing. Dude, I wrote that sentence. At least the sheriff admits she was horny, whereas Delia swears she just did it horsey-style with Space Boy in the bathtub because she was curious as all. You clicked on the picture, man. You clicked on the picture. I typed that out. And I put it in bold. Because I thought I thought it was important. <laughs> I guess in this movie it is. It is. It is, Tut. The sheriff is unapologetic. She's just horny. She just likes having this this erect penis around. The mayor's got this false pretense that, you know, she's got all this... No. They're all just horny. Yeah. Back at the Venus Saloon, speaking of horny, the mayor's demanding a bottle of red eye and a crazy straw. Which sounds like what my little girl would ask for at Sonic's happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want? Give me a red eye, bottle red eye and a crazy straw. Who doesn't like crazy straws? Who doesn't like Sonic's happy hour? 
Bass Boy Steve puts a quarter in the jukebox and it starts playing some funky, upbeat 80s dance music, which really gets the bar of ladies jumping. He orders a milk from Lily, the bartender, which the women all make fun of him for. But he explains that he doesn't hold his liquor very well after an awful experience on some distant planet where he wants down tequila shooters mixed with Jolt Cola. Oh, Jolt Cola. That's a dated dated reference. Dude, I mentioned that to the doctor earlier. Unfortunately, he's not here tonight. Never heard of it. What? And I was like, it was kind of like Surge. He'd never heard of Surge. What? Yeah. Dude. Jolt was the yeah, shit. Dude, Jolt I knew was you, the way it goes. I knew you guys would back me up on it. I'm surprised the doc hadn't heard of it. How did he get through med Two school times the caffeine? There was nothing at the time. Like I Jolt. Can't believe, I can't believe I'm the one who has to break this to Tuttle after all these years. Tud, he, he didn't go to med school. He's not a real doctor. We watched a Sleepaway Camp movie, and they had a funny doctor character. and He was there. That's That's where it, that came oh. from. Okay. Drunk Mayor Delia sees an opportunity here. And when Steve's not looking, she pours some of her 80-proof red-eye whiskey into his milk. He shoots it, and that one drink alone causes him to grab Sheriff Parker and get her up on the saloon's main stage for some disco dancing. This pisses off the jealous drunk mayor, so she jumps on stage, and the two women take turns ripping off drunk Steve's cowboy outfit. I've been there before, my friends. It's intense. Tut, did anything like that happen to you on the Travis Tritt tour? Every freaking bus ride. Oh, man. That had to be fucking amazing. Well, it would have been if you had two hot women do it. Moving on. Lots of red-eye drink on that bus. Lots of jolt. Lots Lots of of jolt. jolt. Lots of jolt. Well, the ladies of Puckerbush are all fired up against each other now, and it's all because of this M-A-N, man. That night, after Commander Steve sobers up, he and Lily sit outside the saloon and get to know each other a little better. Like real talk. Like, you know, person to person. In fact, he feels so comfortable around her that he pulls out a guitar and sings Home, Home on the Moon. But the less we talk about, the better, so I'm not going to talk about it at all. Unfortunately, they didn't cut this one out. That was in both versions? <laughs> does, he, does he actually sing the whole song in your short version? Yes. Uh, Lily makes it clear to a blind man that she wants Steve inside of her, but he's as clueless as he looks, so he tells her, I'm just going to go hit the sack. But when he goes to his bedroom, Sheriff Parker's climbing through the window. She tells him that she's a hell of a lot better lover than Mayor Delia, who smells like a horse. Well, yeah, maybe after she just bathed in horse Horse. shit. Anyway. So she and Space Boy jump in the sack together. They do it in slow motion for one minute and 46 seconds before there's a knock on the door and thinking it's... That's oddly specific time. And they, they think it's Lily... It literally, so, you ask yourself, why did she jump in bed and the next scene she's like in front of the bed hiding? She jumped in bed, but she doesn't. Lily's knocking on the door and he's like, hide, and she just does it. So she hides. They think it's Lily, but it's not. It's Mayor Delia who struts in wearing some lingerie and her ass cheeks hanging out. She wants her turn with the MAN. 
She rides Space Boy like a stallion for two minutes and seven seconds. Nope. Which, That's by the way, specific once again. Not, not in Tut's version, she doesn't. So in this scene, did he like see a chick come in the window and then it cut? And then the other chick walked in, they cut. And then Lily walked in and you didn't see any kind of sex? You, no, you see her get in the bed, cut, then it's like hide. The other girl walks in, gets in bed, cut, and then... <laughs> so it's like a 20-second scene in your first movie. Yeah. Which, oddly enough, I was kind of thankful for, though. Well, where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, the mayor rides Space Boy like a stallion for two minutes and seven seconds. Which, by the way, riding someone like a stallion is different than doing it horsey style, but I'll I'll let you guys at home figure that that out. Uh, it's a subtle difference, but there, there's a there's a difference. Uh, before there's another knock on the door, and it's Lily. Now, if Lily strips down, we've already got two naked chicks in here. We might just have ourselves a classic puckerbush poontang party. Am I right, boys? It's a hoedown. I just said party because it rhymed with Puckerbush Poontang. A Puckerbush Poontang hoedown? Yeah, that's not bad. All right. Uh, no cowpokes. Regrettably, she does not strip down. As the sheriff and mayor argue back and forth on who Steve belongs to, Lily, who actually has real feelings for him that don't originate between her legs, tells them to cool it. Y'all are treating him like a side of potatoes, she says. He's actually a sensitive human being. Again, I've been there. It's not fun being treated like a well-hung side of potatoes. It hurts. I felt that hurt. Well, it was kind of fun until TT left the bus and then Tut sauntered in with his can of Surge. <laughs> Washed up wangs indeed. We're revealing all sorts of stuff here tonight. You ladies ready to get this party started? <laughs> no, Tut, not like this. And that's how Tut and I met. And we're still friends 20 years later. I've learned to drink and forget. Whew, that's a motto. That's a great motto. <laughs> <laughs> the next day, Sheriff Parker sans pants and Mayor Delia meet out on Main Street for a showdown. Lily tries to stop them, but they're dead set on killing one another to claim Commander Steve is all their own. It truly is, boys, high noon on my makeout planet. Here we go. It is. Let's get some action. Here we go. Even Steve gets between them and he pleads with them. I know I'm handsome, but I'm just not worth it. And they seemingly agree because at that moment, suddenly both women pull their triggers at each other and at Steve. But it turns out they were so angry with each other that they both forgot to load their pistols. The women share a laugh, hug each other, and agree to go grab a beer together. That tracks. The whole movie, they're against each other over this guy. They just all of a sudden aren't. Is this movie done yet? It is. It's so done. Todd, are you saying this was the wrong screenplay? Oh, my God. Commander Steve sits down to have a one-on-one chat with Lily later that night. 
He tells her that without his positronic spacey sprocket, he's likely to be stranded here in Puckerbush for the rest of his life. She asks him who he's going to choose to be with if he's stuck here, Sheriff Parker or Mayor Delia? And he says, actually, I want someone like you. <laughs> well, good luck with that, Lily says. But when she, sees, when she sees Steve's smile, it dawns on her, oh, you mean me? All of a sudden, the contest guy flies down and awards her the dumbest planet of the year award right there on the bar. Yeah. Here's the new positronic communicator. We were but waiting on it. Fuck here y'all out of here. Oh, God. Uh, so yada, 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 they kiss, and when some sweet, magical music starts playing, that's what the subtitles called it, sweet, magical music begins. Well, good job, subtitle guy. You're the best part of this movie. Lily finally swings open her sensuous saloon doors for the space boy. Yeah, I said it. That's not a euphemism, by the way. It is a euphemism. It's well, the he, best he, euphemism. Technically, he did walk through the saloon doors, but now she's opening her <laughs> sensuous saloon doors. But not before she twirls around for four minutes and two seconds in slow motion on the stairwell, removing what seems like a thousand pieces of clothing. It's the, the old West. It's the old West. Specific time to have the camera even lingers over her doubloons, like these underpants that go down to her fucking knees, her like it's petticoats, man. Oh God! Four minutes and two seconds of her twirling around like an idiot. I swear, if I had a loaded six shooter watching this, I would have ended it right there. Y'all would have had to explain to our listeners why I'm not here. This was a lame-ass spectacle, and I'm embarrassed. I think all of our listeners will be finally like, we're free! (laughs) We're free. We're totally free. So we had four minutes of her twirling around like a moron, and then they hump on the main stage for 41 seconds. Yeah, that was 41 seconds cut. Which time, I know you found her sexy. She never took her top off. I wouldn't know. Well, not in your version. <laughs> but you can tell in our version. Did they even get crappily, on stage? Crappily enough, they kept all the four minutes and whatever. Course. They don't show anything. Slow-mo of the pantaloons that she's wearing. Did they show in your shorter version no. his, his butt cheeks thrusting into her on the main stage? No. But they did show that in the full version that I have reluctantly watched after that. And I'm like, oh, God. Well, again, four minutes of stupid-ass twirling, 41 seconds of actual lame sex. That is what we call a horrible twirl-to-sex ratio. Tut, you're in math classes. You can agree with that. That is true. That math adds up. That is not alternative math. It's not alternative math. I don't do alternative math here. Post-coitus. Yaks, am I using that term correctly? You are indeed. Not in this film. No, not on this one. As they snuggle on the stage, Steve is lamenting the fact that he'll never get to return to Earth. I think I might kind of miss it. But get this. Lily has a positronic spacey sprocket in her boot, which she kept on during the lovemaking. That tracks. He's been looking all over town for that. She's just got one that she keeps in her boot. My daddy gave it to me. He thought it belonged as a part of a gumball machine. That still doesn't explain why you kept it in your boot for 20 years. 
Or how you know what it is. Yeah, you thought it was part of a gumball machine. Now all of a sudden it's a spacey, sponix, tricky, tracky, it whatever. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so I just named a Steve Saga cigar. The spacey, sonic, tricky, tracky? <laughs> <laughs> so they walk out as the sun rises to town square, and when Space Boy plugs the positronic spacey sprocket, into his transgalactic communications device. Not a euphemism. No. He, he's plugged in a lot of things this movie, but this is actually him plugging the positronic spacey sprocket into his transgalactic communications device. Both he and Lily get beamed up from Puckerbush to a spacecraft above that will transport them to Earth where they can watch Welcome Back Cotter reruns and drink Jolt Cola together for the rest of their miserable goddamn lives. The end. Oh, thank God. Amen. There was a reference where he mentioned Welcome Back Cotter earlier, and the, the women all look confused. It's like, oh, is that a little dated? How about Cop Rock? <laughs> Again, <laughs> I told Mincy, I told, I told the doctor about that. He had no recollection of Cop Rock. How do you not have a recollection of Cop Rock? I was like, dude, I've never watched Cop Rock, but I've listened to Johnny Carson and David Letterman every night, and it was exactly. a show that everyone made fun of. It was like a musical cop show that was one of the biggest disasters in TV. I think I actually did see an episode of it. I'm a musical guy. I'm like, hey, all right. I like cops. I like music. No. Well, that's the end. They, they get sucked back to Earth through some kind of beam, and uh, that that's all she wrote. Uh, French composer Philippe Larue. No, 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 no. No, no. I just set it up for you to say no. Okay. Well played, because don't you fucking dare. There are no great memorable uh, moments of madness in this This movie was a waste of my time. Twice. (laughs) Yes. All right, boys. I'm just gonna say this, and I don't want any kind of debate or arguments. As the as the showrunner, I've got to make some hard calls. After watching tonight's movie, I'm just gonna say it because we're all thinking it. No more westerns, ever on the podcast. No more westerns. No, that's not what I was thinking at all. No, no. You guys have been begging me to do more westerns. No. I, I want westerns. to do more westerns. I did westerns, this. I yes. did this. I did this for y'all. Y'all wanted a western. I gave you a western. Look where it's gotten us. No, no, no more westerns. If you're considering this a western, then no. This is not a western. Oh, this it's a western. It's a western, baby. Is dog shit. Oh God. I think there might be a There's many wonderful westerns. I don't know if there are yaks after this. I don't know. But I I, I'm not going to find out. We're done with it. Well, because you're considering this a western, and it's not. This there were six shooters, horses. Western. There were saloons. There was uh, a hangman's gallows. All the tropes of a western were here. Yes, I I understand what you're saying, but I'm going to continue to reiterate this this pile of dog shit was not a western. Hey, it was a pile of horse shit. I was just saying, this is horrible. It. This is not what our judgment should be for westerns. Once upon a time in the West, 
was a western. This isn't even my judgment on TNA movies. This is just yes, a horrible, horrible true. thing. It Good Sir Tuttle has outlined it all. I mean, at least with like, Bikini Car Wash, you had heart. South Beast Academy, you had heart. I mean, you had heart with these things, and this had none of it. Uh, I, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, the wrong writers. Where had the wrong the lady the, had the wrong everything? Where would the ladies of Puckerbush tell us to put the deeds in the freezer? I don't think so. <laughs> Why couldn't they have been trying to save like the city courthouse with like a saloon dance or something? A dance off. This movie could have used a dance off, and maybe. A contest for the sexiest petticoat, and you know the winner, you know, gets enough money to save the family farm. This movie lacked a a impending something. The only thing impending was whose dick Space Boy was going to, you know, who who he was going to screw next. And uh, look, guys, um, I, I gave you a phenomenal show with Destination Wedding. And I'm going to use that as a crutch for weeks to come whenever you guys shit all over my movie selections. Hey, I gave you Destination Wedding. You guys never would have watched that shit if it weren't for me. Yes. Yes, I would have. It's been out for years. You never watched it. I totally wouldn't. It was literally out for like a year. We're all entitled, much like uh, Space Boy. We're all entitled to some misadventures in this thing we call life. I hope that this misadventure that we partook on this evening, this space odyssey, if you will, uh, at least uh, allowed us some some uh, long leash to have some fun in between the cracks. Um, I know the first version of the movie you watched Tut, didn't have a lot of cracks. No. Um, but we got we got some later. And I'm sorry, Elizabeth Kaitan or whatever her name is who plays the mayor, she's hot. She's smoky hot. She has a great voice. She has a great look. I, I've always loved that actress. I will not pick a movie uh, based on her casting ever again, sight unseen. I'll never <laughs> pick a movie show again, sight unseen. I just got cocky from our, our great show last week. I was like, I, we can do whatever. And you know what? I think time is going to be kind to this one. I think when we go back and watch it, we had some fun. I think our listeners are going to be taken through a, a journey of the intergalactic Old West. I'm so sorry, listeners. And hey, here's the great thing. If you, you, know, if you watch it and you don't like it, um, we'll give you your money back. You clicked on our face. You clicked on our face. No backsies. No backsies. So hopefully you had some drinks with us tonight and enjoyed the ride. Maybe you had a smoke. Uh, as far as the Bauhaus, what a cool little cigar. It always is. First of all, it was a very slow smoking. I, for such a tiny cigar, it ended up lasting a lot longer yeah. than I anticipated. Yes. For such a small cigar... Uh, the Liga, the Liga Provada profiles for me aren't necessarily complex. Like you get, you know, the, the chocolatey notes, 
and you get the oak and you get the spice on the nose and those things are just so but there's such a unique spice and a unique notes on the draw from the Liga 9 and the Pharaoh and all this. That little sucker gave us some new stuff in the Liga profile that we hadn't had before. And I really respect the hell of that. I'm yeah. going to call it a little, it's like a little midget cigar, right? I like the way it just kind the of played with it, came in and out with that pepper. I mean, it just yeah. very cool. It, it, it really played with the Liga Provada, uh stereotypes and delivered some new things in the process. So, um, and you know what? They're right to send it over to Europe. Americans are too stupid to appreciate this cigar. But why I love this cigar. Nah, send it to the Europeans. Oh. Paul McCartney would love this cigar. He's from Europe. Uh, He's look at me with my bro house cigar in my baguette. I'm having a good time. Yeah. Lubas. talking. But no, I mean, they're sophisticated over there. They can appreciate this. Don't give us Neanderthals anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that. I, I actually really fucking dug the Moonwalk by Real Ale, the Brood IPA. Super crisp, defined, hot bitterness with a delicious uh, citrus aroma. I'm buying more of that for sure. The Sticky Fingers just way too much melon going on uh i'm I'm glad i uh, just drank one of those with a cigar but as a beer of its i'm drinking it now as a beer in and of itself it's not bad um it's just a little too melony which is not the case with tonight's movie (laughs) tut i'm sorry your beer didn't work out the temptress. The pairing, the pairing didn't, but that's still a damn impressive impression. Oh, no, no. Stout. You love the beer, but, but yeah. it. Yeah. I was about temptress. to say, that thing is everything that I look for in a stout, actually. It's it's heavy. It was just too flavor forward for that cigar. And that happens. That happens. And, Yaks, your final verdict on your cigar? I'm sorry, your beer. I love the cigar. <laughs> My beer? Yeah. Unfortunately. Final notes, that hibiscus sweet flavor, it's Rare. okay, but it doesn't last. It, just, it it conflicts with the cigar. Absolutely. A rare miss from Stone Brewery, huh? Well, like I said, this is a collaboration from oh, can, Alesmith. You can, you can blame, it on the, blame it on the other guys. Blame it on the other guys. Those Alesmith. No, no. It's a great beer. It's a fantastic beer. It's just that the profile of this beer, like Tut I said. Tut and I are, are Not buying it, it, dude. Not buying it. We're not buying anything you're saying. Or just say the beer sucked. It's a disappointment. It was a disappointment. <laughs> you guys could shit all over my movie, but I can't shit on your beer? <laughs> Shit on my beer, man. Shit on it. Shit on my beer. Alright. Todd, give us some links. Alright, join us on Instagram at TNCC underscore podcast. You can do this up on Twitter at TNCC Cast. You can join us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Uh let's see what holidays we got coming up. By the way, get your Mother's mama Day. something. Yeah, that's right. Go to the TuesdayNightCigarClub.com. Get Mama some cigars. Uh, 
Get on that Amazon banner. Do your shopping from there. If you've got a hard-drinking, cigar-smoking mama, then go to Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Click on the Famous Smoke Shop banner. It'll automatically put in the uh, promo code TNCC20. Knocks $20 off. That's a free cigar if you're buying a box of Bauhaus, which is pretty damn cool. And it's a pretty damn good deal. Did I forget anything? I don't think I did. Ted, do you have a hard-drinking, cigar-smoking mama? No, no. Yeah. Me neither. No. <laughs> but if you do, either go to Amazon or FamousSmokeShop.com. You can't lose. Well, uh, listeners who uh, really were just proud of us and just enamored with the show we did last time, I'm sorry to uh, – <laughs> I got cocky. I got cocky. And um, when you get cocky – you run the risk of things going sideways. But I won't apologize because I do think we had some fun. I do think some good there's always there's always some good nuggets in our in our duds. And the movie was a dud. But I'm going to dedicate myself to coming back stronger and more focused on delivering something that you will never see coming next episode. Dun, dun, it's dun, gonna dun, it's, dun. it's going to rock your fucking world. Dun, 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 dun. I don't think it's going to be Terminator, but it's going to be awesome. No, we're not oh, okay. we're Not going to talk about the Terminator. Um, I don't see how I could work a Dennis Miller thing into, into that. Uh, <laughs> From the future, huh? <laughs> Uzi 9mm. <laughs> uh, but I'll find something. Plasma rifle in the 40-watt range. <laughs> 40 watt range, huh? Eh? Oh, God. Um, so we'll just keep noodling. Uh, we'll just keep <laughs> I'll keep plunking along, finding chords, just plunking. And we will come up with a really good show for you next time, but uh, I'm not going to po- apologize for High Noon on Makeout Planet because you know what? They made a movie, and somebody, if you make a movie, I don't care if it's High Noon at Makeout Planet or Petticoat Planet or, or the wrong fiancé or the wrong real estate agent. If you make a fucking movie, it's really fucking hard, and a lot of work goes into it by a lot of different people. And if it means something to those people that we took three hours out of our lives to dissect it, and appreciate the things we liked about it and, and maybe shit all over the stuff we didn't. <laughs> you shit we, all over my movie, Todd. We did something that nobody else has ever done. Yes, but once again, it is an amazing feat because for 30 minutes of sex scenes, they made 45 minutes of other film. Why? Why would you do this? I so you're bitter about all the non-horrible sex scenes? No, it has no heart. I'm sorry. I don't know how hard it is. The sex man. scenes were terrible. I actually was begging to get back to the bad southern accents and the dialogue. Well, yes, that's my point. Why would you do this? If you're going to make a sexy sex film, why would you waste time on filler? Yes. That's what makes this movie special. That's what makes this movie unique. That's why I chose this movie. It is an oddity 
much like the Tuesday oh, Night Cigar. You saw the yes. girl and said, let's go. I understand. I totally so, did. I just saw a chick that, that I have enjoyed seeing naked in the past. Saddle up. I picked it. We saddled up. <laughs> so you're hey, telling me that the hey, sweet Tonto. piece of death is coming for me soon. Please tell me that it's Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp. S- more like Wyatt Burp. Am I right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> my my insides they cry <sighs> I don't care what fake Dennis Miller says about me I'm standing tall tonight and I think we did a good job I don't care what you guys said you guys are just too drunk and far gone we've done a lot worse shows than this we've done some really shit shows this, this one was okay you don't tell me what my surliness is supposed to say right now <laughs> You don't tell Yacker Bush Gulch what he can think. Exactly. You tell me you're not scrolling down Amazon Prime and you see a movie that takes place in Pucker Bush Gulch and you're not going to put that in your watch list. I didn't say I wasn't going to put it in my watch list. I do the shit that Oh, I'm going to watch it. I do the shit that you I'm going to be disappointed at a whole new level. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> I wouldn't want to handle the truth. Yeah, I watch I, the movies you don't watch at parties. You sit in the comfort of your own home watching your anime and your Marvels and your Disney Plus. I'm watching the deep, dark shit that nobody, nobody would ever vocally admit to watching to provide content for this show. That's the shit you don't want to hear. Look in my eyes. These are the eyes of a dead man. I'm dead inside for what I've done for this podcast. Don't ever question me, Yak Boy. Don't so ever question just say thank you. Don't ever question my techniques. <laughs> I provide the content for this show and <laughs> well, folks, uh, thank you for appreciating and welcoming our meltdown into your homes. It's glorious. And I have a feeling over the next couple months it's just going to get more meltdowny and awkward and fiery and glorious. <sighs> Yaks gave me the two thumbs up. And by the way, speaking of that, if you are listening to us on iTunes, I would appreciate it if you kick it over to YouTube because we are kind of handsome fellows. Tut's got a ponytail now. I've got out in the sun. i got a little color in my face. Yak boy always looks handsome. Uh, watch us on YouTube. It's a, I, I think it's a much better visual experience than a audio one, but who am I to say? You do, you do you. You do how you do you. And, uh, we will see you back in two weeks with God knows where we go from here, but I'll figure it out. I have one last thing to say. I say it every week and I'll leave it at that. May the wings of liberty Never lose a feather. That's all we got, folks. Don't let it happen. Stand up. Fight. Or stay at home and watch other people fight. It'll probably be okay. Who knows? But I do know we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. Sign there, motherfuckers. To learn more about the time an American teenager, yours truly, Keith A. Howell, was shipped off to spend the summer with his dad, a Greek resort manager, 
and I happened upon an ancient ruin where three sensual demigoddesses had been locked away in a centuries-old sundial prism for the last few millennia. Well, keep on listening, my friends. I spoke the magic words, returning these bodacious babes to life as delectable bikini-clad beauties who couldn't get enough of the fun in the sun and couldn't wait to jump in my bed. Together, the bikini goddesses and I shared high adventure, some fun, lots of sex, quite a few laughs, and even love. Wait a minute, this didn't happen to me. This is the plot to another 1996 movie, Bikini Goddesses. But it sure sounds like something that could have happened to your favorite voiceover guy, doesn't it? Okay, I guess I need to watch this film, and so help me God, if it turns out that I'm starring in this thing. Well, this will be the last time you folks hear from me for a while. What have these Tuesday night bozos done to me after all these years? I don't even know who I am or what's real anymore. Shit. But in the meantime, you can learn more about the cigars enjoyed on tonight's episode by visiting DrewEstate.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'BrienStemple.com and download their free smartphone app where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky, and for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. Get drunk.